Ready to go? I'm ready to go. State of the apps, 2022. Bum, bum, bum. Oh, okay. <laughs> that's that's a good level of drama. I, I was last night, so I was, I was like thinking about the show last night, and I was like, ooh, feel a bit of pressure coming into this now. Yeah, me too. Like, we do 12 episodes a year, right? And now two of those episodes, which is a quite significant percentage, which happen back to back, which I also don't like, I feel like there's a lot of importance on them, right? So stay at the mm. apps, and then I'm sorry to keep mentioning it, but yearly themes next time. I don't know. I feel like I, there's like a lot of pressure coming into these episodes now. You set these big traditions. Yeah, well, I, I refuse for there to actually be pressure on this episode. I was mainly doing the bump, bump, bump because it's finally here and the last wall of defense before the theme episode. True. Has, has, like we've now breached it. We're in the end game now. So yeah, it's the end game now. So. so state of the apps. We've been doing this for a number of years now. And it was originally inspired by a blog post that you wrote many years ago on the same name. It's like, you know, if you kind of look in like a state of the nation, that kind of thing. What are the apps and services that we are using right now? What are the decisions that we've made over the last year that have led us to them if we've made changes? Or why are we sticking with certain apps and services? And also, what would we like to see change in the years ahead? We have a selection of categories that we go through from productivity to communication. And we have a really great lightning round at the end where we talk about all the little fun apps that we've been using in the last year that otherwise don't fit into those categories. One of the things we like to do in this episode as well is to share our home screens with each other, which I think is what we'll start with today. Uh, and then we can start diving into some of the apps, but maybe there's some uh, interesting insights into each other that we can glean from our home screens. Who do you want to go first, me or you? Uh, yes, well, actually, hold on a second. I just, I need to reposition my my backup recording microphone, which was on my desk, yeah. because it just dropped, and it dropped in such a way. I was trying way. to ignore that sound, personally. I, I didn't want to pay attention to the noise that had occurred. <laughs> Right, but my backup microphone dropped in such a way that it perfectly hit my keyboard to stop the main recording on my computer. Do we have to start again? <laughs> no, no, we're like we're good. We're good. I just No, but you don't have a recording though. Do you have you have a recording of me? Like you've got a local recording, so we're good. No, I don't have a local <laughs> recording of you. You have the local recording of you. I have a Zoom recording of you. Yeah, but I have the backup recording of me talking. Oh, I probably shouldn't be waving around this local <sighs> microphone. Oh, I should put this <laughs> Like I just said all this stuff about like this episode's important to me, there's pressure to it, and you're fucking throwing microphones around and stopping your recording. Right, well no, but it's it's like this is an important life lesson, which is to click off the app that is recording so that I can't have accidental keyboard input. Right. Where are you recording now? I'm recording into QuickTime on the Mac, and I have a Zoom microphone on the desk as the backup recorder. All so right. we're good. We're good, Mike. Don't worry but about it. But you are recording again? Yes. I'm looking at it being recorded right now. I can see the little levels going, so we're all set. Why do you need to do this to me? I'm trying to get in like a good <laughs> mental space here, and you're f***ing pushing the equipment around. I don't know how many more times we need to do this. Why is this still happening? Yes, we've been doing this. <laughs> well, look. I'm, I'm trying to do the reverse. You're trying to be serious. I'm trying to lower the stakes, right? So, so this is this is perfect as far as I'm concerned. This is some excellent stakes lowering. <laughs> so we're all set, Mike. Don't worry.
So now I'll ask again, who's going to go first with sharing their home screen? Me or you? you want to do home screen sharing? I'm happy to go first. I actually think I want that. I think I need that. I just realized I don't have iMessage installed on the computer that I was going to do that. So I don't even just... know how that's a possibility. I don't even. How do you not? How? Can you uninstall iMessage? Well, uh, you just I mean, not I, signed in. We've had this conversation not... before. I don't want to have this conversation again. I've, and as I'm saying these words, I'm remembering <laughs> having said this before. <laughs> Mike, I'm on the writing computer. Like, what's so hard to understand? Okay, I have airdropped myself the photos. I will send you all of the photos of all of my screens. We're gonna we're gonna start left to right. Okay. What is the name for that screen all the way on the left? I think it's still called the Today View. Huh. I think it's still called that. I feel like that poor Today View is... is... It's not long for this world. You, th- you think it's not long for this world? They'll change it up again. They've, they've changed that, mm-hmm. what that screen does like 17 times in the last six years. Like That will change again. Because <laughs> currently at the moment, it's basically just where widgets go. And they, I think, would prefer you to put widgets on the home screens. Right. Okay. So there we go. I think I've sent you all four in order from wow. There's some stuff I do right. not understand here. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Well. So some of the stuff may seem confusing because we're also dealing with now we're in the world of focus modes yeah. and screens that can disappear and reappear. So we need to talk about that, like the focus mode stuff. And I thought mm-hmm. maybe we would talk about it today, but I don't know if we're gonna have time with everything else so i make a promise to the core texans we will talk about ios 15 and focus modes at some point if not today because i i do think it's important but it might be too much for this episode i think unless you disagree with me yeah i i bet money on us talking about focus modes this time all right and also with your with your intro we have many things to discuss but one of the things we have to discuss before the end is resolving our travel bet from Mm -hmm. last year so we have to get to that at some point oh i've got that in there don't you worry the travel bet's in there all right so your home screens so we have the today view we just have a calzones widget it's the only one there (laughs) I'm wondering yeah. why does that widget not find its way onto a home screen? Why does it live there? That Calzones widget is the old school one. As far as I know, Calzones is the app by underscore. Oh, of course. That. It can't live on the home right? screen. It can't, right? It can't so live on the he home. made this app, I think, basically at your request years ago about like not having a good app for tracking different time zones mm-hmm. and i still prefer calzones for planning meetings across time zones it has a great ui the app itself has a great ui to work out what time yeah the, is, like yeah. the killer feature of calzones for me is that when i look at the widget okay great now i know what time it is in all of these different places but much more importantly the app itself allows me to just scroll back and forth to see like when it's 1 p.m. in London, what time is it everywhere else? And like I'm in a position where often enough I'm trying to coordinate moving meetings slightly across time zones. And that kind of thing is just, it is so, so helpful to not do the mental math of the time zones and to just be able to look, be like, okay, if we move it two hours this way, you know, what does that mean for the three participants in this call? So I, I really like Calzones. And that app is old. I'm not sure if Underscore is still maintaining it or not, but it is one of the old style widgets. If it's available, he's maintaining it, but I don't 
Um, would be my assumption, but I don't know what right. the future holds for it because he's a very busy man. He's he's Mr. Widget. So yeah, no, he's he's the Widget Wizard now. He puts the Smith in Widget Smith. Yes, he does. Uh, very successful with Widget Smith, his most loved apt child at this mm-hmm. point. So that's why Calzones lives on my today view because that is the only place where I can put the widget because it is one of the old style widgets for Apple, and I just. While in Widget Smith, he does have a time zones thing. When you tap on it, it takes you into Widget Smith, and it doesn't have the same UI as Calzones does. So that that's why Calzones is the the last remaining holdout on my today view for old style widgets. But I still use it quite a lot. I don't like to ask for things of friends in public, such. Mm-hmm. But but I will say I would love it if Widget Smith had the same time zone uh moving thing as as Calzones does yeah just i, I mean look, mike how hard can development be right he just has to <laughs> just copy and paste some code you've already done it once you know yeah. <laughs> how can it be very yeah. hard i'm sorry dave we love you <laughs> <laughs> it just selects the text that is code and you hit you know apple c and then you go over to your other app and you type apple v and it's done what more could there possibly be <laughs> it's funny to me that you call it apple oh god yeah that's yeah command yeah no it is it is command i, I think that is a holdover from back in university i had to use one of the old apple systems where they used to ha- they used to use apple as the little command icon i was like this system is so dumb i hate it i hate these apples everywhere and i think somehow it got into my head that like the little commands are called apple still but it makes you sound yes. like one of those people that call apple mac Mac. You know, they call the company right. Mac. That's what that's what it makes you sound like when you say stuff like that. <laughs> Mac, they make the iPhone. Yes, right? that's that is what they make. So I'm noticing here. I'm expecting this is a focus mode thing. That maybe it's not actually. There's just not really a lot of apps on your home screens. It's just a lot of widgets. I am really confused about this set of screens. The information that you're showing is weird to me which makes me think you're in a focus mode right now because i've got a bunch of widgets so we've got screen one timery carrot batteries and omnifocus that makes sense to me right Mm -hmm. is knowing you as a person and like the things that you Mm -hmm. like on your devices like those widgets i actually that makes a lot of sense and i can imagine that like now that we're far removed from widgets you're pretty happy that like you don't have to put those random folders on the home screen anymore and you can just put all the information that you want right i bet you like that Yes, I do. I do like widgets. I like seeing the information on the home screen. I feel like I have a lot of conflicts about widgets, but overall, I do think it's an improvement. It's way better than just having dumb app icons on the home screen. Yeah, I just noticed you're a big 5G boy. Look at you. Do you get lots of speed? Do you do you work at the speed of light now? Yes. Oh, that's I don't right. have five G. I don't. I never. Wasn't s- my whole life going to change because of five G? There was a big presentation about five G is the best G. My plan with my provider is I like my plan. Like I like what I get mm-hmm. for it for the money, and so they won't give me five G unless I change my plan. I'm like, well, I'm not changing my plan. I don't want five G. <laughs> you know, it's like I don't need it. I can just stay with what I got. Mm-hmm. Thanks. All right, so then, oh, you got a carrot on one screen and a bigger carrot on another. And another, ca- oh my okay, God, so, there's, there's so- three carrot widgets. Four, there's four <laughs> carrot widgets. Wow. <laughs> you love weather as much as you love 5G. They're everywhere. Okay. Okay, okay. So look, let, let me try to explain this because this, this again is a, is a byproduct <laughs> of the weird focus mode stuff. Right, I'm, I'm glad you're giggling at five carrot widgets. The first home screen Seven. is functionally the thing that I'm looking at 
99% of the time. Mm-hmm. I like the time tracking up at top. Up, I like the time tracking up at to- the. Oh my god! I like the time <laughs> Just tracking. Just knock the microphone the over t- and start again, Gray. You know. <laughs> I like the time tracking up at the top. Uh-huh. So to have a, an overview of what's going on. That's great with Timery. The current weather, batteries widget, love it. And then at the bottom, I have OmniFocus, uh, although there's some interesting things to say about OmniFocus later. This is basically the information dashboard of the things that I actually care about. And then as has been the case for years and years, when I want to open a specific app, I just, I'm in the habit of just searching for it. That's what I do. And I have my three little shortcuts at the bottom, one of which is to open the camera, one of which is my little replacement for Launch Center Pro from years ago, where I just have some common shortcuts for various things oh so that's that launches a shortcut does it yeah the little rocket ship is the homage to launch center pro i don't remember exactly how those things work does that open shortcuts or does it just pop open a ui for you on the screen for you to tap i know the way i have it set up is it opens up a list of like here's the five things that i can tap on and i can launch it but i mean does it does it open shortcuts to do that or do they come down like a notification uh, they, it comes down like it's a notification, uh, and the notification has a bunch of options in it. It's like I know, I, like it, it's nice. It's nicer than than like Launch Center Pro could have been, right? Like I know there's no way that they could have done yes. what what shortcuts can do, but it's just this is the way it should be. Yeah, I completely agree. It's it's the way that it should be. I just since it does come down from the top. It's one of those things like, oh, I have to reach my finger oh, all the way to the top of the right. phone. And I kind of wish it came out of the icon. Yeah, that would be real good. That would be real good. They should do that. Yeah. So I just have some like frequently used things in there. And then the little hourglass icon is my most used time tracking timer, mm-hmm. which is just for, I call it loading. And it's basically when I've finished doing some task and I haven't yet fully decided what's the next thing that I'm going to do, I just hit that as like, oh, I'm loading up. What's the next thing that I'm, I'm going to do? Like, it's my way of tracking in between time. So that's why I just have it there because I just want it to be like dead easy to just hit of like, yeah, that's the number one timer. What does the camera one do? The camera one opens the camera. Why does you want visual consistency in the dock there? I want visual consistency. Okay, cool. Like, I can't have an icon. Okay, okay. Uh, no, no, no. Right? That's the camera icon okay, when the okay. other two are shortcuts <laughs> icons. Whatever you need, It's extremely man. important to maintain visual consistency. <laughs> now, you know what? I agree with what you've done here. It would look oh, really, really weird to have the standard camera icon next to it unless, like, because it just would look strange, right? Yeah. Otherwise, unless you you custom made icons that looked similar to the camera icon for the rocket ship and the hourglass, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, they were black on the inside, so they matched the camera icon. Yeah, there is one real downside to doing it though. Yeah, which is I'm going to send you a screenshot, which is when I hit that camera icon. Oh God, you get the notification. Don't you? But here's the thing: I do get the notification which I don't mind. Yeah. It loads the camera basically instantly. Like it yeah. doesn't go through shortcuts like it used to. It loads the camera instantly. The camera is ready to go. But then the notification comes down that says, you ran a shortcut that opened cameras. And when that notification comes down, the oh. camera no longer works for a second. Oh, right? it like blocks out the view, right? Oh my God, it that's the worst. It blocks out the view of the camera. That is the worst. <laughs> it's, it is very frustrating. Just get someone to make you a rocket ship and an hourglass that visually look like the camera, and then you can change them up, man. Wait, what do you mean? What is your suggested solution here? All right, so move the actual camera icon to the dock. 
uh-huh. and make custom shortcuts. Oh. Right? So make a rocket ship that's black on the inside instead of white and an hourglass that's black on the inside instead of white. And thematically, they look the same. Do that. Ooh. That's really intriguing. Look at me. I'm improving lives today. You are improving lives today. I'm actually just going to call on someone in the Cortex audience to do that. Hey, does someone want to make No, you're going to get a thousand match? of them. Don't, don't do <laughs> yeah, that. but then I can just pick the best. <laughs> okay. Okay. <laughs> Leave it in the uh, Cortex subreddit. All right. That, but that is a great idea, Mike. That is, that is some real, like, galaxy brain stuff there. Like, wait. <laughs> just invert the whole thing. Uh, that's perfect. I really like that. I just finished a cappuccino, so I'm at, like, peak recommendation my brain is on 100 functionality that's great i'm glad i have you in, in this great capacity to improve my life it's because i consider today to be an important day i don't push my microphone over you know <laughs> there's, before we move on there's just something funny about like just the way the data is displayed in your timery widget uh-huh. it says cortex three times cortex cortex preparation cortex and i know it's you've got like <laughs> projects and tags right i get why that's happening but it's just very funny to me cortex cortex preparation cortex yeah th- this is a holdover from i think this is the thing that everyone goes through when they start time tracking is that you start being overly precise with what you want to track and so i used to have like five different ways that i tracked cortex it was like you know (laughs) cortex preparation (laughs) cortex recording time cortex editing and i think i had like cortex admin slash chats and this is just what happens when people time track like you you start overly precise then you go what the hell am I doing? Like, yeah. why do I actually care yeah. about this level of detail in Cortex? So I still do, just out of muscle memory, have the only distinction between like Cortex preparation and Cortex everything else. But yeah, so like in the back end, there's all these five different ways to track Cortex. And with a ton of other projects, it's the same thing. But it doesn't matter. It, I only ever just look at it at the whole, like, how much time does Cortex take up in my life level? Yeah, see, this is why I have like, so I have projects and tags mm-hmm. and my tags are only shows. Mm. So I have like show prep and podcast recording and podcast editing. They are projects and then they are tagged with the relevant show. That's that's all I do. Right. Yeah, that, that makes sense. Yeah, time tracking is a whole other thing that mm-hmm. I really should go into it and really clean it up. I think this is a good time to do that. Like, I just have a lot of weird legacy stuff in there. You know why we've never done this? Why? Because there's no competitor to toggle. So there's never been a reason to start over. Mm, right, like like the great to-do list migration uh-huh. when you just... You tidy up. Nuke your entire life and begin again. And yeah. because Toggle, because Toggle has an API, it means we can use one apps like the very wonderful Timery. So like mm-hmm. there isn't really a need to go in and clean up the data. Like if Timery mm-hmm. had their own service, which I think they should look at one day, but that's like a whole different thing, right? I, I'm not recommending right. that of them, but I wouldn't mind it at the same time. Then you could go in and like, all right, now I'm going to go in and I'm going to tidy up as I'm moving from one to the other. Mm -hmm. But because we, when we moved from the terrible toggle app to Timery or like a set of like hastily made shortcuts to Timery, we didn't need to change anything because we just logged in with the old API. So like all the data is the same. So as you say, it's not like if you change notes app or if you change to do app and you're doing like a manual migration, you're like you you start looking at it i'm like why do i have these two projects they could be one project and you move all stuff together yeah that's a good point all right so that's screen one so then on screen two there's more weather okay so here's the thing to explain the idea with the focus modes is that you're able to 
have different screens for different things that you're doing. Mm -hmm. And so this second screen, if you notice, it has a real theme if you're looking at all of the apps on yes, the bottom. Yes, I can see it. Yeah, it's very thematic to I'm shooting a video. Yes, exactly. So more Texans will know that I took a trip out to Cherokee, North Carolina. And like one of the things that I was just thinking about with my phone is, oh, I can just set up a screen that can be the default screen if I know that I'm going to be out all day. Mm -hmm. And then this just has everything that I could possibly want on it. And if you are outside filming, the weather really matters. So I have carrot at the top. Show me like the map of like our clouds coming, which I actually find more useful than the like the little rain alert thing. I can see like what time, you know, is like the blue hour or the golden hour for filming. And at the top I have the hours for like, what's the weather gonna look like? And then at the bottom, I just have a bunch of apps that are related to filming. Of like, here's the camera, here's Filmic Pro, all the, the DJI stuff, GoPro, and two really little fun apps, which are basically like lightning round apps, but they are Sunseeker and Moonseeker, which are like AR apps, which will show you, you can use them to look around and see where will the sun be at a particular time or like where will the moon be at a particular time they work really great so this is the just oh i can use this as my home screen if i know that i'm just going to spend the day trying to film something so i really don't ever look at this most of the time it's just hidden but for going through the home screens i was like oh i might as well just show all of the home screens that exist and so that's what this one is for it like it serves a functional purpose but it is not like a home screen on my phone unless it's very particular circumstances. Okay, I didn't know we were doing this. All right, so you have this set up as a typically will only appear under certain focus modes, right? But you've, you've included it for this image sharing? Yeah, well, I, th I thought like this makes sense, right? If we're going no, through you're home right. screens, we have to talk about I didn't like, think what about are that. the different things. So that's why I knew we're going to talk about focus modes because uh, I was going to talk about focus right. modes going all through right. this. All right, that's yeah. good. Now, this is good because now I've just taken another screenshot because I'm working on, I haven't finished a, like a screen, but I'm working on mm -hmm. one. So when I, when I send you mine, I'll, I'll send you that one too. This is what I thought this was, which is why I was surprised it was in the list. But I guess most of the time what you said, this isn't available to you. You're in like a certain focus mode for shooting video and then this will pop up and is this your main home screen when you do that yeah what, I've, what i actually uh, have done what i think just works best is i just i do that trick that you taught me where you hold down on the little dots that indicate mm -hmm. the different home screens and i use that to just turn off the home screen at the start and so then this becomes like the main home screen. Oh, so you're not using a focus mode for that then? I am not explicitly using a focus okay. mode for this one, no. You're just taking advantage of this feature that was added because of focus modes. Yes, that's, that's exactly right. So like this does technically live as like the screen that's off to the side a lot, but I just never ever swipe right on my device like i just yeah. don't ever do it Fair i'm only swiping over to the today view to sometimes open calzones i'm looking at the one that has the time tracking and omnifocus and the batteries and i just never swipe over under any normal circumstances so if i just okay. disable this first home screen then this one that's like video shooting mode is the one that pops up as like now this is your home screen see i do think i want to have a bigger discussion about focus modes later because i still haven't really fully understood the way that I want to use it. 
It's actually something I want to work on over the next few weeks. But but like no, this is a good let, intro to no, it. No, but like let's talk about it now, Mike. We can. We are. We are talking about it. We are. I'm just saying. Like I think it will become apparent to you when I share with you what I've got. Is I'm still working out how I want to use it. So like right now, all right, we're doing it. Mm-hmm. Right now, I have a regular <laughs> mode. Right. I have yeah. a recording focus mode, which all it does is just turns off all my notifications. It's like a mm-hmm. just a like a beefed up do not disturb, and it mm-hmm. just allows messages from Adina and. Slack messages from Carrie, our vice president of sales. She got promotion. Mm-hmm. And so, like, because they're, they're really, when I'm recording, I, if Adina needs me, then she can get to me. And if Carrie needs me, sometimes it can be like for an ad I'm about to record. So I mm-hmm. kind of want those messages. And it just shuts everything off. And I, what I love the most now is that syncs across all my devices when it's turned on. And I think that's great. Mm-hmm. So I don't get notifications on anything. And then I also have a fitness one. So when I'm working out, it turns off notifications from absolutely everybody mm-hmm. and i have it automatically turn on during certain workout types i used shortcuts to do this because mm-hmm. i don't want it to turn on whenever the apple watch thinks i'm working out because sometimes that's when i'm walking around and then i don't oh, need right i don't right, want right. it to turn on then but shortcuts mm-hmm. allows you to set a personal automation and choose the workout types that you will activate the focus mode for. The issue Mm -hmm. is shortcuts send you notifications when it does it because it just loves to send you notifications about everything. But that Mm -hmm. way it's like only when I'm doing the types of workouts where I consider that I'm working out is when it Mm -hmm. will activate itself. And then when the workout stops, it turns off that focus mode and goes back to my regular Mm -hmm. focus mode. So that's that's all I've set up right now. But what I'll Mm -hmm. show you in a bit is I want to set up a travel one, but I haven't fully done it yet. Like I want to dig into it more but I just I, I haven't had the time to really sit down and be like, what do I want all of these different home screens to look like and under what circumstances and you know, what people and what apps. Like I, I haven't really this is what I'm saying. I feel like I want to do more with it, mm-hmm. but I haven't yet done that. That's why I think it might come up again in the future. And also I was thinking you would have done a lot with it, but it seems like maybe you haven't. Yeah, well, so it's interesting to me to hear that this is your experience because I I've basically had the exact same experience with the focus mode stuff of I've used it. I like it way better than the old system, which mm-hmm. was terrible. And I complained about multiple times for being buggy and not working. But yes, it's like I don't there's one thing I can definitely blame it on. But there's another thing which is just. It's been such a weird year that it's it's almost felt like I don't know like I I I don't have it solid in my mind of what do yes. I want all of the various modes for either. It's because, also surprisingly yeah. complicated for a feature that Apple has made. I think to its advantage in a way because you can really get granular, but setting mm-hmm. one up is a lot of work. Yeah, I I agree. Like, I'm very glad that they did it. Obviously, for this for this kind of like notification stuff, I want a ton of options, but it does make thinking about it very strange. Even some of the things like I've I've had a hard time recontextualizing. It's like okay, so the do not disturb while driving is now a focus mode, and I have a bunch yep. of options for this. Like, what do I want that to? mean and obviously i mostly haven't been doing a bunch of driving but when i was in america i was again and and that was that was again one of these moments of like i need to think through what i want this to be it's just been very funny i feel like the focus mode stuff 
is almost like a project for next year after the themes episode. I, I've just been very yes. aware of, I haven't dug into it. Oh my God. Yes. Too much. I, right? I could imagine okay, this being way? a thing where like the themes help inform the focus mode. Because it's yeah. <laughs> it's setting up how I want my device to be. Yeah, I like that. See, this is what I was getting at when I was saying I think we're going to talk about this later. Is because I mm-hmm. I feel like I've just started, and I'm hearing like like uh, our friends David Sparks, Federico Vitici, they're like really into it, and they're using it mm-hmm. a lot. And like they they have like I know Federico's doing this. He's always in a focus mode of some kind, mm-hmm. and I find that really interesting. So like I want to spend more time with it but I feel like I haven't been able to really understand what I want. And mm-hmm. so, but, and I think it's because I am in this moment right now where I'm working out what I want from work in general. Yes. And yeah. as is obvious, like from everything we talk about on our show, our devices are extensions of the way that we work. Mm-hmm. And so they mirror that. So if I'm not sure, my devices aren't going to be sure either. And also like in the last few months, the devices that I'm using, especially in the last year, and it's all changed so much. Like something mm-hmm. I wanted to talk about as we get into the apps is I'm really back on the Mac for basically all work now. Mm-hmm. And so the, what I'm looking for with the apps that I'm using is different to before. Now, I only really want to get into something if it's truly cross-platform. Yes. Yeah. You yeah. I, I completely agree. So I have had that same experience of like the the last half year has been a very strange in-between time and that has made thinking about the focus mode surprisingly difficult and yeah so it's just, it's very interesting to hear that you've you've had the same response and like i ultimately want to be doing the same thing which is my phone should be set up in such a way so that i am constantly in a focus mode of some kind but i haven't done that at all what i've actually just done is i've i basically have only two focus modes that i'm really using the first one i call core and that's to protect like the core working hours in the morning that is trying to replicate what i used to be doing where i tried to lock down the phone in a whole bunch of ways of like before 2 p.m i don't want to hear like anything from anyone and just like lock down the device as much as i could and what's great for you is just how easy it is to set up a focus mode that does that yeah it's really very it's like the default which is really interesting yeah it is it is interesting and i I do like the way that it works it i've also not run into these weird problems of like blocking critical apps like it used to have so many problems with safari and now those don't exist anymore which is fantastic i love that it syncs across devices that's really great so i have like Core turns on the minute the sleep focus ends is the way I have it set up. But then that just sort of turns off at the end of the day. And ultimately, I do want to I want to have that thing of like deliberately moving from mode to mode. But just because of this in being in this in between time, I, I somehow have like had a hard time being very precise about like, what do I want my phone to actually be like on weekend Wednesday? I don't know. Right. Because in theory, you should have a weekend Wednesday focus mode. That like on oh, Wednesday, yeah, totally. just sets your devices to be like, all right, no Slack, no none of this. Uh, it's all like entertainment applications and you know all that kind of stuff. Yeah. like in theory, that's what you want. But yeah, you gotta you gotta really sit down and work with it. And and I actually think it's an interesting feature in that way of like as long as they continue to to make sure that it's a, a going concern, 
which I think they were because it's pretty. It's a pretty important part of the system because they wrapped do mm-hmm. not disturb into it as well, right? That yeah, I think it's something that y- you will grow with as as your as our lives change and our work changes. Be like, I think I need my devices to work this way now, and so mm-hmm. we can have better ways of customizing and tweaking them. So I think there's a lot of promise there, but it's I think it's something that's going to take a little while to realize fully. The only thing I don't love about it is I don't love that the notifications still go to that slide down lock screen. And it's just, it's a habit I've been trying to break myself of. I used to slide down that screen a bunch. And now I know mm. like, oh, when I'm in the core mode, the notifications are still hiding there. So this this has been a, a kind of right a deliberate training of just try to never use that. Like try never to slide down the screen because you'll just see the notifications there. I do like the way that when you're in the focus mode, they sort of minimize them. So it doesn't show as like a ton of icons. It shows as like a brief little description. That's way better. But I I still wish there was a way to completely hide them. I think you can. Anywhere. So if you go into the focus mode and you go Mm -hmm. to lock screen, there's a toggle for silence notifications, which says show on lock screen. And I think you can turn that off and it will get rid of them. Yeah, so I have the show on lock screen turned off. Oh, and they, they still when you pull up, they still come up. Okay. Yeah, but Fair when enough. you pull down, right, yeah. they still show up there. Yeah. And it's just like it's a funny thing. I never really tuned into the fact that I have the habit of doing that to check the day and mm. date. Mm-hmm. And so then you still like see, oh, here are the notifications. Like I wish you could properly hide them from there, but Honestly, like the the system is so improved from the old system that is a relatively minor complaint. But so I created this like core working focus mode. And then I have one other which I really do like. And this is going to be the screenshot that probably confuses you the most, which is the third screen over. Yeah, I don't get this one at all. <laughs> Carrots, Widget Smith, Reminders, and the Widget Smith one eastbourne is receding i don't know what this is i have no idea what this means <laughs> mike eastbourne is receding like what i don't understand what's unclear about is that. this astrology <laughs> it says 1256 1850 i'm assuming like, that's sunrise and sunset no it's not sunrise and sunset it's the tides that's what that one okay. is. Okay. <laughs> Are you in tune with the tides, Gray? Is it? No. No. Okay. So the only other focus mode that I set up is I, I made a holiday focus mode. <laughs> you got a boat now? No, I do not have Are a boat. Sailing? No. I like, no <laughs> I'm not sailing? No. I'm not sailing the high seas of Eastbourne. <laughs> <laughs> so my wife and I took our first trip on our own somewhere mm-hmm. uh, and we went to Eastbourne, which is by the sea. And so while we were on holiday, when we're there, the like the tide coming in and out really matters about like what you can do. Like, can you go out to the beach or can you not go out to the beach? It's one of those beaches where it's like a really long in and out based on what the tide was. Mm-hmm. And I just had this funny thing where when we got there, we asked the guy at reception at our hotel, like, oh, when when does the tide come in and out? And he goes, oh, I've never been able to figure that out. It's like, dude, you work at the reception of a hotel on the seafront. Like... Yeah. 
shouldn't you have a tide clock on the wall? Or it feels like this is something surely all the guests must ask you, but I guess not. So while we were on our first holiday together, I put this as a widget on my home screen because it's like I wanted to know when was the tide going to be out and when was the tide going to be in. But I've left it there, not because I care about knowing if Eastbourne is currently receding or not, (laughs) but just as an actual reminder of because you can't label the screens like this is the screen that should appear when the phone is in holiday mode. Mm. And so I set up holiday mode so that it can finally do the thing that I was never able to do before, which is on holiday. Only people I have labeled as family should be able to send me messages of any kind and everything else should be silenced. You could use Widget Smith to just create a text widget that says holiday and put that there but maybe you prefer Eastbourne receding. I don't know. Yeah, that's a, it's like an extra step. No, I'll just, I'll just, I have this there just to remind me of, of what it is and I'll just swap it out. So you're going to be like on holiday in the south of France and you'll be like, oh, Eastbourne's receding. That's just going to be. Uh, no, well, then if I need to know something about where I am in France, like then I'll, I'll swap out a, a different, more useful Fair widget enough. for that one. So you, so again, like this, this home screen is always there. It's just always your third home screen. Uh, so no, this one doesn't appear most of the time on the phone. All right. This only appears if I put it into holiday mode. That's, that's the way okay, this one cool. works. But you enabled it for these screenshots. Gotcha. I, yeah. So I just wanted to show you all the different things. And then also this is such a, like such a dumb little thing, but I, I feel like it comes up on holiday a bunch is... I do have the reminders widget there because I feel like constantly on when you're on vacation, you remember that like you need to get something from the local boots or like there's always like these weird little things that pop up. It's like I don't want to use OmniFocus. That's way too heavyweight for this. Um, so I did just want to have like, oh, here's the like errands list. You don't want to see the work tasks. Yes, you know? exactly. Like if you're on, vac- if you're on- you keep saying holiday. I'm going to call it vacation. We'll just do a nice little swap there. So when you're okay, on yeah, vacation... No, that's not the way that should work at all. <laughs> I know, but it is the way it's working. There's nothing we can do about it. When you're on vacation, you don't want to see like, oh, when I'm back from my wonderful vacation, I've got all this stuff to do. So you just put yeah. it in reminders. That's a good idea. Yeah, so I just I just have it there. It's nice and easy to be like, oh, we need to get an extra thing of toothpastes, you know, or we need to pick up some aspirin or something. like that. Like just those kind of little one-off things that happen that are also when you're mentally in holiday mode are real easy to forget of like, Oh yeah, we want We needed to do that before the pharmacy closed or something. Especially when you're completely not used to taking trips. So it's like, yes. you never have my, like my wash bag is empty. It's like, hang on, there's mm-hmm. supposed to be stuff in here. Nope. It's all gone. You <laughs> yeah, used it exactly. all when you couldn't buy deodorant during lockdown. You, you took the deodorant <laughs> out of the wash bag and use that. So this is my screen for that mode and yep, makes sense again I, I do really like that with the focus modes of like this, this was constantly the problem before of being on vacation and not wanting to get any messages from anyone but my wife and it was just always a real frustration that i had to have the phone like completely open to everyone or totally shut down those were the only options so I'm really, really grateful to the focus mode team for enabling this kind of thing because it really did make the trip so much nicer to know, oh, yes, my wife can message me in the morning because we might be apart and then we're trying to figure out where to meet up. But I don't have to worry about getting random messages about work that are just going to derail your thoughts when they shouldn't otherwise. So that is currently how I'm using the focus modes. But I will just say the one other thing that has put me off slightly is ideally I want to have way more of these custom screens, but 
I feel like Apple's system for adding widgets and moving around apps, I feel like I'm constantly building some crazy Jenga tower that if I make any mistake, like it totally messes up everything else that I've been working on. It's it's really frustrating and was genuinely off-putting. And will destroy the next screen that you weren't doing anything to. And like now the widgets are over there. Like, yeah, they need to work on making this a better experience. It's felt like it's needed for a while but now especially with the widgets and that you're encouraged to make more of them it's like oh my god yeah and that's why i say like a jenga tower because like Mm -hmm. if it was just hard on the screen that i'm working on that would be fine but the fact that if i want to put in a big widget i can knock three home screens worth of stuff completely out of alignment is infuriating and it it really makes me not want to work on these individual screens i remember i was trying to set up a home screen for like oh this is the way my phone should work when i'm in admin mode and i did something and i messed up a bunch of my screens i was like f this like i'm just gonna leave it as I've got these three screens. They're good enough. The end. I will work on this later when I know more clearly what it is that I, I want to do. But yeah, I, I would definitely put that on my my wish list for the next version of iOS is please give us a better way to design these home screens and to move around widgets and apps because the current way is so unbelievably infuriating. And then your final screen is just a folder that says shortcuts. I'm very confused about this one. Okay, so you may remember that when you search for things using the default Apple pull-down search menu, Mm -hmm. they prioritize apps over shortcuts. So things that live in the shortcuts app are relatively low on the list when Apple is showing you what you're searching for. Uh So anything that I want to have a shortcut that I'm going to frequently run, which is very often timers, I make it into a shortcut on the home screen. Right. And now the phone counts it like an app. So it shows up way higher on the list when I search for stuff. Hmm. So that whole folder is just full of things that are like, these are shortcuts in the shortcut app that I run frequently, but I've made them exist on the home screen so that they show up higher on the list when I search for it using Spotlight. So that is the only reason this folder exists. I normally just have it hidden, but that's just like a little trick for getting the shortcuts to show up higher, which I do find it frustrating. It's like, hey, Apple, you know I run this shortcut multiple times a day. Maybe you should put it at the top of the search results when I search for it, but they don't. It'll still always be below a bunch of like weird junk that Siri has found for me on the internet that I don't care about. But if it exists as a fake app, then it can and will often be at the top. So that's why I do this. Yeah. So that's everything. I've shown you mine, Mike. You need to show me yours. Oh, boy. Uh, so I'm sending you two now. I'm sending you one image, which is all one big image, which is my home screen as it is. And then I sent oh, you Oh, God, it's your one. iPad. Oh, no, wait. It's not your iPad no, no, home screen. That's what I was four, like, Jesus Christ, Mike. <laughs> four iPhone home screens like put next to each other right so you've got the the visual consistency oh look how fancy you've been i'm gonna do this for yours it will be in the show notes so that people just see it in one long image so you can kind of just see everything in situ and then i've sent you a second one which we'll talk about afterwards which is a focus mode home screen that i'm building that i'm not done with yet okay all right so you use the today screen much more than i do so you've got a bunch of shortcuts over here yeah that's where all my kind of that's why i just have a bunch of shortcuts widgets there they launch my most used shortcuts and i've set that up manually because i just know the stuff that i use the most and things you know, move in and out of there as necessary 
That's a good, that's actually a good idea though. I hadn't I hadn't thought of maybe also just putting some shortcuts there. That's really interesting. I might steal that because they run just immediately when you tap the thing. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not like other widgets where it opens the app, right? The shortcuts widget mm-hmm. is different to other widgets. So I tap any of those blocks and it fires off that specific shortcut. That's the widget that's just a folder of things that you have selected. Is that how that yeah. one works? Yeah. Okay, cool. So I create folders. Like I have a Mac folder now as well for Mac focus hmm. shortcuts, which we might talk about in a bit. So, I, you know, I have like a couple of widget folders in the shortcuts mm. app, and then I just select the ones that I want. I have one which is like a general one, which is that one on the top. Then I have one which is of a bunch of time tracking actions, which you see at the bottom there underneath it, which mm. is a smaller, smaller selection. Hmm. I've, I have just added that as a widget to my own phone to remind me to play around with that later. I think that's a really good idea. Okay, and so on your main home screen, you have a bunch of apps, and then mm-hmm. what's that, Fantastical at the top? Yeah, that's a stack. Carrot Weather lives under Fantastical. Ah, okay. How many copies of Carrot Weather do you have on your phone? Just <laughs> one, believe form? it or not. Just one. <laughs> Only one? Oh. How do you know what the weather's like, Mike? I use the forecast one. That like the forecast one's really great because that's the widget that changes. Like it mm-hmm. in the morning, it shows you a whole day. Like today's weather in the evening, it shows you the next week's weather. Like, and if mm-hmm. it's raining, it shows you the rain. Like, it's just such a great widget. I just use that one widget in Carrot Weather, and it lets me know what the important weather thing is. I don't need to think about it. Yeah, no, it, that, that is great, and that's that's the one that I'm using as well on my home screen. Like, it's it's Carrot Weather. Uh, I do have one major complaint about you this year, but it is an amazing app, and like, just that. Pre- Addictive widget is so nice like i feel like it really does it does hit that magical just show me what i want to know at any mm-hmm. moment like it hits that sweet spot really well uh, okay so that exists in a stack with fantastical how, how, how good do you find ios is at switching between the two of those i feel like it's pretty good i feel like most of the time i get what i want but i know mm. they're there so it's very easy for me like i mindlessly swipe them to open them because fantastical the way I open my calendar is from that widget. Like I removed the Fantastical app icon off my phone, right? Because that made sense to me. And I, I open my calendar a lot and I don't feel like I'm endlessly swiping, you know? So it's either mm. it's there most of the time when I want it or it's just a swipe tap and it's just like not a thing that I even think about. Hmm. I should try, I should try those stacks more. I don't have any stacks on my phone, but I think, I think maybe I should give that more of a try. I've created a bunch of like logical stacks. So the timery widget that's on the bottom right, mm-hmm. underneath that is a shortcut, which is called plus track time, which you'll also see on the Today View. Mm-hmm. And what that does is it's a shortcut that allows me to manually add tracked time. Like if I've been working on something and didn't set a timer up for it because I don't do what you've done, I don't know if you still do this, where I've always got a timer going. Sometimes mm-hmm. I'm like working on something like, oh, I didn't set a timer for this. So I just add 15 minutes to a project, you know? Oh, interesting. I, d- I didn't know that was a thing that you could do in Timery. You have to, you can do it with shortcuts. You have to build a shortcut to do it, right? And they mm-hmm. have a thing where you can like add a chunk of time and I just do like, you know, I have a shortcut, which is basically what is the current time mm. uh, reduced by 15 minutes, basically, at the start mm. date and then add from start date to now in the timery shortcut thing. Hmm. Okay, that's interesting. I also I have to say I, I quite like aesthetically the way you have the widget on the bottom right and the apps going around it. I think that's a good look. It looks pretty good, right? I, I, I do like that. And, and it's the timery one is there because 
it's what I interact with the most mm-hmm. is either opening or looking at timery or doing that time tracking thing. Um, when it comes to like tapping on a widget, I'm, I, and I like having the, and I also I aesthetically like the apps kind of like wrapping around them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it's Apple does not give you a lot of options for the way you want to have things look, and I, I feel like no. ooh, that, that that does look good though. I like that. I might copy that style for a different home screen when I when, when I eventually decide to put in all the time to uh, sort them all out, and I'm willing to spend an entire day carefully constructing a Jenga tower. I might want to steal that as a as a layout. So that's really nice. So yeah, I feel like this is relatively unchanged in terms of the apps that you normally use. Yeah. I think the things that might be different is like craft maybe. Craft, yeah, we'll come to craft later on. Mm-hmm. I want to talk about that, but the apps themselves are very similar and so is the layout. Some of mm-hmm. the stuff that I know has changed is I think train beacon is new. That is a stack of two widgets. Uh, that I have on top of each other that tell me the train times between the station that I use for home and the station I use for the studio. Oh, okay. Really love that app. Like, And mm-hmm. so basically it's just telling me when my next trains are for the locations that I'm going between all the time. Mm-hmm. And then the third page is where I'm trying some stuff out. When we were doing our fundraising for St. Jude, we had a wonderful group of people in the Relay Discord created a widget that tracked the fundraising Mm -hmm. it was really awesome so i had that on that third page that is pretty sweet and so then i just had that going and then when the fundraiser was over i wanted to like basically use that third page as let me try out some widgets so i've got Mm -hmm. fitness i actually really like the fitness widget i think it's laid out really nicely that medium one it gives me Mm -hmm. all the information i would want then I've got a timery one that's all of the stuff I've tracked this week and then a craft widget as well, which I'm just trying out. So there's just some stuff that I'm playing around with. That's what I use that third screen for. Ah, okay. So that's a craft widget. I was I was wondering about the Cortex brand one. I was like, I yeah. that doesn't look familiar to me at all. That's the four most recently changed documents or notes in craft. Ah, okay. Okay. And you can all tap right, each of sense. those and, and launch them. But the titles of those notes are full of secrets. So they've been blocked Right. Out. Yes. That's, that's why they've been pixelated, of course. Mm-hmm. Since this is, of course, the place where we're talking about the apps, I do have a public quest for Timery, which is... I wish the this week thing could instead be the last seven days. Like, I don't actually really care about this week. I really care about what the last seven days were. Mm. I feel like that widget would be significantly more useful to me if I could do it that way instead. Because it's like a rolling thing rather than yeah. a fixed thing. Yeah, and it's it's like it's weird when it ro- when the week starts and now my day and the week timer are exactly the same. Like, I just... I don't really understand how I would ever want to think about it in terms of a week. You can change it, Gray. I just looked. You can do it. No way, really? Yep. There's an option for last number of days. Oh, my God. This this is magic. Okay, great. Look how quick they added that. This is what makes Joe such a good developer, creator of Timery. As we're saying it, the app is changing. Now, if you you can do settings on widgets, right? So you, you long press on the widget, edit widget. And one of the yeah. options is duration, and there's a bunch of durations there, and the bottom one of those is last number of days, and you just put the number of days in. Wait a second. Where the hell are you seeing the durations? I don't see that at all. The time period is this week or today. I, I don't have this option on my app. I don't know what summary, you're talking about. Are you on summary report? You have different options than me. Are you on the most recent version of the app? Are you on some kind of beta? Do you have a fancy beta? Uh, I am on a beta, but I don't know what the shipping version of the app is. Well, I can tell you right now, the shipping version of the app does not have that. You have sneaky beta access. Well, you know. 
There we go. I can sh I can show you right now. I don't have that, but you know what? It's coming. Great. I'm I'm thrilled about that. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Uh, sorry. <laughs> Are we using the same widget though? Like, I don't know if it's the same widget. Yeah, we're using we're using the same widget. All right. Sorry, Joe. <laughs> I I keep doing this. I forget. <laughs> You're spoiling. You're spoiling uh, his his surprises for what's going to come. But okay, that's great. Okay, good good to know it's it's going to be there. Fantastic. I love it. Oh man. Well, there you go. It's coming. Timery's best. Go get Timery. Timery's the best. I'm going to talk about it in a bit. Uh, I feel like I shouldn't keep doing what I keep doing here, but we're going to talk about Timery again in a bit. All right. So do you yes. have any more? There are. I think you could have more questions about this about the apps on the screens, but I'm going to talk about them. So there's no point getting to them now. Yeah. Well, I am also just wondering about the like trialing out the activity app like that's quite interesting to me it feels like a different sort of mic uh, i was just wondering if you have anything to say about that i'm i don't really want to get into it too much but i am a much more fitness oriented person than i've ever been in my adult life i oh okay mike hurley is in the best shape of his life right now but that's the end of that okay all right maybe we'll talk about that next time mm, maybe the the thing is I feel like over the years, I've spoken a lot about different fitness things that I've wanted to do and try. And then I do them for a while and I stop and then I get embarrassed because I spoke about them. You know what I mean? Yeah, I get that. But I, th I think that's that's fine. Like, that's not some unique experience you're having there. I, know. I think that's that's a that's a very common experience. Yeah. Like, But I, I'm taking my health more seriously. Basically. If you want to feel better, like... I have fallen off the wagon from the swamp of uncertainty time and then I landed in America like I fell off the wagon of health so hard like you cannot believe how hard I fell off that wagon like that's that's fine like this this is what happens I always say like what matters is you get back on the wagon so like I'm just I'm happy to see the activity app there yeah. and if you say that you're in the best shape of your life like that's great. Like yeah, I'm, I'm very happy good. about that. I'm feeling very good. I don't I don't have RSI anymore. Nice. I haven't had an RSI pain or a back pain in like three months. Uh, like I'm doing okay, more so frequent I'm exercises. I'm gonna guess that you're physically stronger then. Okay, yes, there we go. Right. Okay. So you're doing strength exercises. I can bench now, boy. Oh wow. Yeah. That's very exciting. I'm I'm very happy to hear that. So yeah, that's that's just been a thing in my life uh over the last few months and the fitness widget is on my home screen as a constant reminder for me. And mm -hmm. it's why I wear an Apple Watch every day now. And I've been wearing an Apple Watch every day since like September. And it's been, I think before then actually, maybe like July or August. And that was like the start of it. And now more frequent exercises and pushing myself in new ways and, and stuff like that. So it's been a oh, big change great. in my life and I'm feeling pretty good about it. And uh, yeah. Do you leave on the Apple, um, the like coaching stuff that the watch does where it, it kind the of trends. pings you throughout the day? Yeah. Like how much of, oh. how much of Apple notifying you about your health do you leave on? I didn't know about any of that. So I have the trends thing turned on if that's what you're talking about. But yeah. In, okay. In the watch, there's a setting, which I think they call like coaching, but it just, uh, it tries to harass you if you look like you're being lazy on a particular day. I was just wondering if you if you leave that stuff on or if you don't leave that stuff on. I have no idea what you're talking about. In the watch app, under activity, there's mm -hmm. a thing called daily coaching. Oh my gosh, I had notifications off. I just pressed allow notifications and a hundred <laughs> settings appeared. 
<laughs> yeah, there you go. All so, right, I'm going to turn all these on. I didn't. I had no idea any of these existed. This was from when I was wearing an Apple Watch and didn't care about fitness. So wanted to leave me the f*** alone. Uh, <laughs> yes. But now, right. all right, I'm going to leave these on and see see what that's all about for a bit. Oh my god, that's so funny! It was like I was like, I have no idea what you're talking about. There's no options here, and then it's like taps like bang, and there's like a hundred. All right, so they're all on. I'll see what that's. I, like. I would recommend turning off the stand reminders because they're just pointlessly annoying in my take of it. But like the daily coaching ones are sort of interesting. It's also interesting that when I first fell off the wagon, the the Apple Watch was like trying to be real encouraging. Like, oh, it seems like you haven't worked out in seven days. Like maybe you want to try. Oh, you haven't done anything in two. Oh, your activity is way down. And then after a month, it was like the Apple Watch just gave up and stopped bugging <laughs> me. Well, because you got a new trend felt now, right? Even worse. And the trend is you don't do it. So, <laughs> but, yeah, I was like, oh, Apple Watch, I didn't like it when you bothered me, but somehow I like it even less when you just gave up and stopped harassing me into go exercise, dude. Um, but yes, anyway, I, I think they are, they are annoying but I think that they are usefully annoying. Like that's kind of their purpose. So yeah. anyway, there you go. You have some options of notifications to play around with. And uh, so then I sent you another one, just a singular home screen. This is the oh right travel focus mode home screen that I'm working on. I've not used it yet. Mm-hmm. And I'm trying to see if this is something that I would like. And so this includes a bunch of widgets. I've got a tripsy mm-hmm. widget and a flighty widget. Uh, batteries and notes and those notes ones it's a stack of things that i'm going to use it includes like an apple note that has my passport information about it and it also will have hmm. an apple note for the relevant trip that i'm on and the like pdfs of trip information that i keep in an apple note just so i've got them locally downloaded hmm. that's also an interesting idea with a note that's a particular folder. I like that yeah. for travel. That's a that's a really good idea. So like the notes widget, you can choose like here's just, just have it be this note and it just gives you quick access to that. I think this is another idea of yours that I am going to steal because when I was traveling, I thought like, oh, the only thing that I really need is flighty. So I swapped out, I think I swapped out OmniFocus for flighty and mm-hmm. had that listed. But something for like, I'm traveling right now, particularly with that notes folder of like, here's all the, I had just various instructions for here's how you need to properly re-enter the UK and like the paperwork and stuff. Yep, like, yep. yeah, that, that, that feels like it's useful to have a different mode where I can just have quick access to that kind of thing. And this one is like active travel. I'm, I still want to set up like a vacation one as well. So like this is, yeah, I'm on the move. Oh yeah, no, I totally get it. That's yeah. a, that is a different mode yeah. from I'm at the location and chilling out is 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 different from I'm on the move, mm-hmm. which is also why I see it it almost feels like aspirational or inspiring there to have the Hawaiian Airlines app icon <laughs> in the bottom, right? Just like something pleasant to think about. Basically, this is the spots where that will swap out depending on where I'm going, like the airlines that I'm using. Mm-hmm. And so they're just like two airline apps that I have installed. And so I put them on there. I've got British Airways mm-hmm. and Hawaiian Airlines. And then it's like wallet, which is, you know, you got to have the wallet, Google Maps, Instagram, yep. camera messages, Slack, and then my regular doc. That feels pretty, pretty set for me. Like I kind of, I think I kind of like it and I will be trying it out soon enough. Um, we're taking a trip soon. So 
I'll let you know how that works. Yeah, I'm literally uh, literally adding United Airlines and a few of my other travel apps to a screen to remind me that this is a thing that I want to set up in the future. I really like this idea, so I am going to copy this from you. What is Tripsy again? That's the one where you plan the itinerary for the trip? Is that Correct. what that app is for? Yeah, okay. we spoke about it before, and you said you liked mm-hmm. it, but the one thing it didn't have that you wanted was a map of all of the things that you want to go to on. They have since yes. added a map option. So you can view all of the things that you want to do on the map. Yeah, no, but, you know, my map girl, Meg Frost, added what I wanted in oh, the Apple yes. Maps. Oh, yes. I forgot so, about uh, that. I forgot yeah. about that. Apple Maps, the most interesting and exciting app on the phone. And I'm not even joking about that. I love Apple Maps. Uh, and so, yes, now I have now I have hundreds of dots all over the world uh, that I've added to Apple Maps. And Apple Maps keeps bugging me. They go, hey, you seem to have added a lot of locations. Are you okay with us using this in our database to improve maps? I'm like, no, <laughs> these are all my secrets. <laughs> State of the maps. State of the maps. <laughs> this episode of Cortex is brought to you by FitBod, the fitness app that provides a personalized exercise plan, a fitness plan that actually fits you. Because look, when it comes to fitness, FitBod believes that everyone can be better and they're going to help you. It doesn't matter how often you work out, FitBod's algorithm uses data and analytics to help you build on your previous workout so that your next workout is scientifically proven to be better than the last. Look, FitBod has been fine-tuned by the very best certified personal trainers to bring the best practices of strength training directly to you. They will give you a workout program that's tailored to exactly meet your own personal needs. So it's going to fit your experience, your environment, the equipment that you have, your goals, and your body perfectly. They make sure that you don't have to worry about overtraining or undertraining. FitBod figures everything out for you. You don't have to worry about how you'll exercise or how much you'll be doing. They're also going to mix up your muscle groups, your exercises, sets, reps, and weight over time to keep you on top form to help you stay on the path that you want towards becoming a better version of yourself. If you're working out at home, if you're working out in a gym, indoors, outdoors, no matter how much equipment you have, FitBod has all of the exercise types you're going to need. All of the options are right there. No matter what your routine is, they've got it right there for you. I love that I can access FitBod on my Apple Watch when I'm working out, so I don't have to actually go and grab my phone. I won't get distracted by what's going on on my phone. I can very easily advance to the next workout, see what's going on, keep the focus, and get it done. FitBod is available on iOS and Android and you can get started right now by going to fitbod.me slash cortex where you'll get 25% off your membership that's fitbod.me slash cortex to try out fitbod for free and get 25% off your fitbod membership and thanks to fitbod for their support of this show and Relay FM. okay you want to go through categories it's time for categories we will start with productivity And obviously, the most important productivity app is your to-do app or your task management app. And I have gone through a huge change this year that I have neglected and that I have resisted talking about until now. I wanted to wait Uh and talk about it now. And I have moved from OmniFocus back to Todoist. Interesting. Yeah, because I I listened to last year's show and you were, I think, moving from Todoist into OmniFocus at that point in time. And so now you have moved back. And now I've moved back. So I moved back to Todoist about six months ago. Um, Mm -hmm. And I've been very happy since. I had a couple of things that changed for me. One is 
I felt like OmniFocus was too complicated for what I was doing. I think that mm-hmm. I ended up in a situation where I was having to add too much metadata to a task for the system mm-hmm. that I was using. And really, all I needed was very simple, just a list of projects, it's some buckets. I don't need projects and tags. I thought mm-hmm. I might like all of that, but then ultimately it wasn't what I wanted. You know, it's like, oh, I'll add all these tags and I'll create all these perspectives and they can show to me at different times and I can have these like overviews. Or I never used it. Mm-hmm. What I use and all I ever use is a list of tasks, like chronologically, all mm-hmm. of my tasks just on a, what am I doing over the next seven days or whatever. And mm-hmm. what I've always enjoyed about Todoist is their view of this is endless. So... It shows you easily the next few days, but you can just keep scrolling forever and continue to get that on a like a like a list calendar kind of view of all of your tasks. And really, that's all I want. I also really missed the natural language entry everywhere. You know, mm. like that's why I have that on the iPhone. I have that on the Mac, and I could just add the tasks in natural language. I think I kind of like that I can add tasks into the application, just into the application. Like for me on the iPhone especially I had to end up creating a shortcut to just add a task simply to OmniFocus. Like adding a task yeah. in the OmniFocus app is a real to-do in a not in the way that that it's a, not a thing you don't want to do. It's always a real to-do. Uh, why did I pick the exact wrong <laughs> phrase to use? My brain is so stupid. And I honestly, I find Todoist's UI so much more consistent on the platforms that I use. Like we spoke about mm. this at the time that the OmniFocus Mac app feels like it's made by a different company. Yeah. And yeah, I've kind sure. of been leaning back towards simplicity. So they are the reasons that I went to Todoist, but there is another mm-hmm. reason I moved from OmniFocus. So OmniFocus currently have a new version of the application in beta mm-hmm. and I've been playing around with it. And yes, it's in beta, but ultimately, I think OmniFocus are moving in some directions that I don't think are for me from like a visual perspective and a layout perspective of the app that hmm. over the entire period of the beta process, I think they are making some decisions that are not what Mike wants. And so hmm. I think that ultimately I'm not going to be happy with the new version of OmniFocus. And so I've decided, I decided pretty early on to be like, I'm going to remove myself from something that's going to happen to me before it happens right. to me. Yeah. Yeah. UI changes can be even subtle ones, mm. real devastating sometimes. To get a bit nerdy about it, Omni have decided to make the next version of OmniFocus completely out of Swift UI. Like they are using Swift UI for this. Right. And I'm not convinced that Swift UI is ready for an application as complicated as OmniFocus. Ah, uh, interesting. And there are parts of, admittedly, the beta, right? They're still working on it. I would say it has gotten a lot better over the period of time. Mm-hmm. But I feel like sometimes like I tap things and they just don't do what I want or tap targets are way too small. Mm-hmm. For the way that I use the application, which is mostly looking at a list of tasks, it feels like it's not really best in that view anymore so mm. what what i'm sure it will do once they get it to a point where they're happy with it, it will bring a level of unification to the app's user interface across all the platforms it's kind of the point of swift ui mm-hmm. but i just I, I don't think it's for me and now i'm i'm much happier back on todoist again 
Um, I mm. tried OmniFocus. I tried to complicate my system to give me more data to therefore ma- potentially make me more productive. It didn't do mm. that. And yeah. I felt like ultimately I was I was working with something that was looking for more from me than I was willing to give it, where Todoist mm. is much more simple for me. And also from a user interface perspective, I prefer it. And, and, and I especially prefer it to where I think OmniFocus might be moving towards. Yeah, that, that's interesting, you know, because I'm not a fancy beta boy like you are. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I'm not on the OmniFocus beta. Just looking at screenshots, it doesn't look that different. But this is one of those things where I think screenshots don't give you any sense of how does it feel to actually use. Yep. Yep. So I'm just on the regular OmniFocus for my data. They've had it in beta for a long time. And I think it's because they know that what they're doing is like a big, big job. And I'm not what I'm I'm really want people to to listen to what I'm saying here in that I am using an unreleased version of the application, right? Mm-hmm. I'm not yeah. saying that the app is going to be bad. What I'm yes, saying yeah. is the decisions that they are making, I don't think are what I want from that app. Mm-hmm. And so I've decided to like cut my losses. But you know, I know that they have a very wide and open beta process so they can get feedback from people. Mm. And so they've made a bunch of tweaks to the application. But just like the, the main view of the app that I like is what I described in Todoist, which is here is a list of tasks on a like chronological view. Mm-hmm. In the new version of OmniFocus, the way it is shown, it just it looks more like now here's one project of tasks. Right. And that's not what I want. I want things divided up with date more and I like to see like my tags there. And when you have when I was using OmniFocus, I was using multiple tags and then the tags go over multiple lines and it's like it it looks too busy and it's not broken up in the way that I wanted. And maybe that works for some people. I don't think it works for me. And I think that just that view, which is important to me, I think is going to have changed too much. And I don't yeah. I don't know if that's right for me going forward. Yeah, no, that, that makes sense. And I, I do think visually the one problem that OmniFocus has always had is just too busy. Like it, I do think I called it before like redundant information syndrome of like they show you the same thing like three times uh it's it's always been a problem that the app has had visually and so i can see that if they've changed the way some things look like if you use tags a bunch the way they display those tags if it's just not the way that you're thinking about them can be a real problem so I totally get it. Like it, it makes sense. Um, and if Todoist is working better with the way that your brain thinks about things, which is like you want an infinite list scrolling off into the future, mm-hmm. then then go for it. I feel like this for you is a little bit like that time that I tried running and I gave it a real go, and then it's like, no, I can put this aside, and I know that I will never go back to this. Like I tried it once, and I never have to worry again. <laughs> I think that is exactly it. You were saying stuff and it sounded really interesting. And I was like, all right, let me try it. And I tried it and I was like, I don't work this way. Yeah. And now, now you know, like you never have to wonder about OmniFocus again. Like it is totally not for you. Mm-hmm. You're still OmniFocus, right? All big OmniFocus all the time? Yeah. I am. That's... I think this is... Been... <laughs> <laughs> What's what's so funny, Mike? <laughs> that sounded very sure. You sounded so sure then. Well, it's it's been, I don't know if you're aware, Mike, but it's been a funny time, roughly, let's say, the last 18 months or so. Yeah. And just one thing I, I am aware of is I have just, just to be clear, what I'm about to say is not good. I have 
totally fallen out of the habit of like actually using a to-do app. Oh boy. Yeah, I just I think it's <laughs> Are we about to cancel the show? Is it are no, we done no. now? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, this is the end of everything. Uh, no, I th- I think it's it's just a byproduct of life being very compressed in mm-hmm. in a way. So yeah, it's it's not a thing that I was intentionally doing, but I think if if you were tracking like how often am I actually using OmniFocus or any to-do app to like tick off things as I'm going versus doing the thing where I'm like retrospectively cleaning up what I have done. Like that has definitely been on a downward trend Mm. for the last 18 months or so. And then particularly over like the last, I would say three to four months like my to-do app usage has been near zero in an actual effective way part of that is because i've just recently taken a bunch of time off of work so like i don't really need to use a to-do app but even still it's just an interesting i think byproduct of the times i don't expect that this is a long-term trend but I, i would say never has OmniFocus's hold on me been less than at this very moment. I'm very aware that like I need to get back into this, but I have wondered if this is a maybe if this is a good time to reevaluate the tools that I use. I think this is the perfect time. Yeah, so maybe You're never going to do it unless you do it now. Maybe this is a good time like I I think after Christmas I'll maybe take a look at like all of the various options and and see what's out there because I just my my OmniFocus task list is like not actually representative of anything in the state of my life like that's always one of the tricky things with to-do apps is keeping them in parallel with where are you really what are you actually doing and so yeah this is just something that I do need to change is oh I've fallen out of this habit which is like a core habit for keeping life going and I need to pick this back up. But yeah, I think I think I need to wait for this funny transition time to be over in order mm-hmm. to do that. So uh, yeah, that's why I kind of look at this as, I don't know, it's a very strange time to be doing state of the apps is, is like, I do feel like I'm at the end of this weird transition time or it'll really be over like after Christmas. And then I just, I think I am going to be doing like a bunch of reevaluation of a, of several things. And like, I don't expect that I will switch away from OmniFocus, but I'm just, I'm just aware that like, this is a good time to do another survey of the landscape of what's out there. And mm. I still say that the concept of defer dates is for me the absolute killer f- feature of OmniFocus, and I just don't really see anything else that does that. But if people do have other apps that they like that uh, that are aware of that concept, I might be interested in just seeing in the subreddit like, "Ooh, what's out there?" and I'll I'll take a look at everything in a, in a couple months. So I still technically use OmniFocus to track my projects, but it's not very active in my life. And in a weird way, I have actually just been using reminders for some of the time sensitive stuff that I have to remember mainly because I don't like natural language input 
But it is so easy to tell Siri to remind you about something at a particular time. And so that's like this weird fallback I've been using for some critical things where it's like, oh, I absolutely have to do this tomorrow. And then I'll just speak out loud to the ether and tell Siri to remind me about this thing at a particular time tomorrow. But yes, I need to get back into to do apps pretty seriously because this is not a great habit to have fallen into. Yeah, that's interesting. I can see why it's happened, right? Because as you say, you've been away yeah. for a bit and also it, it is a time of the year when you might think about things a little bit differently, right? Yeah, and, and and it's also been, I think, a byproduct of several really intense video projects in a row mm-hmm. where when something feels like it is consuming 100% of your life, it feels almost weirdly superfluous to put a bunch of tasks in a task manager because it's like this is the only thing i'm thinking about like i can't possibly forget any of the things that i'm working on like this is the only thing in my life so i think that's partly also what has been the contributing factor is really intense projects and then also just a break from working on stuff and has, has left me in a like oh I should probably just nuke my whole OmniFocus database because it doesn't represent reality and start over. But if I'm going to do that, then that also makes sense as a time to look around and see what's available. So I'll put that on my to-do list to check out to-do apps. I'm very keen to hear this, how this goes. I want to follow up on this because if there's other, hey, look, if there's other cool to-do apps out there, I want to know about them. Yeah, for sure. Last year or so has been a note-taking quest for you. Um, I'm assuming, you know, Obsidian is is the note-taking app, right? Like Obsidian forever, Obsidian, Obsidian, we love it. <laughs> Notes. What are they, Mike? Who could no tell? one knows. Nobody knows. <laughs> Nobody knows what notes are. Yeah, so obviously I've talked about Obsidian a lot. I think the actual big deal thing here is not about notes, But it is that Obsidian has slowly, slowly taken over and become not just the Notes app, but it has also become my writing app. So it has dethroned Ulysses as the app that I am currently writing all of my scripts in. We were talking about UI changes. This is one of those things where last year Ulysses made a like relatively small UI change, but it just totally killed the way that I use the app. And I, ju- I just found it really, really frustrating. And the more I was using Obsidian to take notes, the more I kept thinking, well, I can also just sort of write the scripts in here as well. And... While it is not perfect as a writing app, there are a bunch of things that I would want it to do differently. It does work better for me than Ulysses does after their change to hide a bunch of information from you. I will say you're jumping ahead. Mm -hmm. Writing is a category later on. I will ask you questions about this then. Okay. Right now we're talking about notes. We have a very strict order around here. Oh. Okay. I'm so sorry. I didn't didn't realize. I didn't mean to be jumping ahead that much. You're ruining the chapters. Right? <laughs> We're in notes now. You set this order. I, I didn't set this order. I have nothing to do with these show notes that we're going through. I have t- mm-hmm. I have typed nothing here. No, no, you set this, this order when you created the blog post. What, like six years ago? Yeah. I'm, I'm not beholden to past me in any way. I don't care what order he set for things. Well, then you're beholden to current me. <laughs> we're <laughs> yes, talking okay. about writing later. Yeah. Right now, notes. Okay, we'll talk about writing later. 
that's fine. So I will just say, yes, notes, what are they? No one knows. I still don't know what notes are. Obsidian is definitely the app that I use for notes. I'll also say that I've been really impressed this year with just Apple's notes app. I've been just using it a surprising amount. It's not anything in particular. I just feel like they have added slowly, slowly a bunch of little features that have all added up to I'm using the notes app a lot more. I particularly just it's such a killer feature, but I love being able to tap the pencil on the screen and it brings up a note and you can just start writing on that. It's really, really nice. And when I was teaching my mom magic, uh, when I was there visiting her, it's like I constantly had the notes app out. And so I would like draw little diagrams of like, oh, here's how this works. And I wrote up a bunch of notes for her about how different parts of the game work. It's like, and I just, I never even thought twice about it. Like I would just 100% use the actual notes app to do this. So it's very interesting, but notes has been, it's not completely yet, but it is very clearly cannibalizing my good notes app that I used to use. I'm so confused. What? What goes into good notes or notes that doesn't go into obsidian? (laughs) Look, Mike, don't start asking questions you don't want the answers to. Don't start asking questions that your feeble mind cannot understand. (laughs) Yeah, if if we're going to start talking about Zettelkasten again, then I I rescind my... No, we're not going to do that. Like, look, don't worry about what goes where, okay? Okay. Like, I have a a whole squirrely system that makes sense to me. That's great, though. Yeah. I'm I'm happy for you. But so I'll just say, like, I have been aware that the number of times I opened the GoodNotes app over the last year has really started to fall off and Apple's notes app is just slowly taking over that. And this trip to America, particularly when I was teaching my mom how to play magic, like I was just very aware that notes as the go-to place to handwrite stuff and to draw diagrams and to make documents for her was just the no-brainer winner all of the time there. So It just feels good. The tools are fantastic. They're nice and simple, but they have exactly what you need, like the drawing stuff. Mm-hmm. It's really good. I love apps that integrate that, though. So I use Craft, right? Mm-hmm. Craft I've been using for everything related to Cortex brand. So mm-hmm. I was using this in Notion last time, and I spoke about looking at Craft as an option. Right. And I'm really happy about my choice. But like one of the things they do is like you can draw stuff in Craft, you know, using the Apple Pencil, and they use Apple's tools, which is a thing that developers can use. There's an API for it. I think right. it's called Pencil Kit. So you get all of the benefit of that inside whatever app you want and then the drawings live in line with the other things within the document the note that i've got going on and like that's what i really like craft for it's so good at like multimedia stuff images Mm -hmm. and text and drawings and all that stuff really lives together inside of a note very nicely which is really good for me is like you know i'm working on product design stuff like i have sketches and then i have photos and i have text and all that kind of stuff One thing I really wanted from them was tables. And they've added very, very, very basic tables. I want stuff that can do calculations and all that kind of stuff. And and they're not doing any of that yet. It's it's very basic, but at least is allowing me to display some information in the way I want, which is in a table. But Mm -hmm. I want them to continue pushing on that. 
craft feels great everywhere. Like it's on iOS and it's on the Mac. You know, they use it's a Catalyst app, but it's one of the best Catalyst apps that I've ever used. Hmm. It just feels good on the Mac, and it means that they keep the whole set of apps in lockstep from a feature perspective. Mm-hmm which is so rare, but that's what the benefit of using this kind of technology is. Hmm. Obviously, I like their widget, right? Like I showed you that. I have that widget on my iPad as well. It's just like a real easy way to jump into some recently used notes. Mm -hmm. And as a reminder for people, all of my notes for everything else go in Apple's notes. So these are personal notes, uh, show preparation notes. You know, like I mentioned it earlier, like stuff like uh, trip confirmation email PDFs go in there. Like I have hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of notes that Apple Notes have. I think it's awesome. And mm-hmm. the Notes app would do great for all of the stuff that I use Craft for too, for Cortex brand. But what I've wanted to do with a lot of stuff related to Cortex brand is keep things related to our company in their own applications so they're siloed away. Like it is a thing I wished I would have done with all of my Relay FM related notes as well. But it's too late now. It's too integrated, you know. But like, <laughs> like it would have been nice for me to have a specific app where all of my show preparation lived. That was different to where my personal notes lived. But it's you right. know now it's kind of like all intertwined, and I don't want to undo it because I'm very used mm-hmm. to the way the system works, and I've not found anything that works exactly the way that I want which is what notes does you know like the way that the Mm -hmm. share extension works and all that kind of stuff it just it's perfect for me like for the adding links to it and stuff like that i really like the way it works for that and i've played around maybe turning it into a different craft because craft have like these workspaces so i could have like two workspaces i might do this in the future like have a relay fm workspace and a cortex brown workspace and they live independently from each other but inside mm-hmm. of the same app, which is an interesting way of doing it. Like, and I tried creating folders in Notes and putting all the Cortex brand stuff in there, but I don't like that. So that's where I'm kind of split across these two apps right now. But I do really mm-hmm. like how I've got them set up. Yeah, like I'm always a big fan of siloing things if you can in different apps. Like I, I do think there is a real psychological benefit for that. And also, I, obviously, I can understand why... Cortex brand is a feels like a very different kind of thing from everything else. So it does it does make sense to have its own its own place to live. The notes app for a while was just a total joke. And then it really seems like Apple woke up one day and went, oh, we should really keep improving this. And even just recently, I accidentally discovered that, oh, they've added tags now. So if you do mm-hmm. like that, if you add a hashtag and put that in like it just shows up in the sidebar it's like oh wow that's great they've added another way that you can sort through or organize all of your notes so like the the team has just done a really good job and just like keep making it a little better it's one of the best apps it's one of the best apps that apple makes like without a shadow of a doubt it's so good and they keep making it better and it's so funny because it was a joke for so many mm. years it was a joke you know when it was just like the font was marker felt you know and it looked like a legal pad it's like it was just a yeah. joke, you know, because like this, the, the rest of iOS was changing, but notes didn't change. And then one year they were like, oh, we redid it. And now it's incredible. And like since then, yeah. they've only continued to add more features to it. And like, you know, people yeah. want things from it. But I think some of the stuff that people want are like too much. You know, like people want like, what about backlinks? It's like, uh, I don't know, man, that might be a bit soon for that. You know, like all the stuff mm. that you get in these apps like Notion and Craft and Roam and all that where you could tie all the stuff together. Mm-hmm. But I, I, I think that it's such a good app at what it does. Yeah. Again, especially if you're pairing it with an iPad and an Apple Pencil. Yeah, and, and even the, like, like why I find the handwritten note stuff just so surprisingly useful is like, God damn, is there text recognition for handwriting 
so much better than I would ever expect it to be. Yeah. yeah. I am still consistently shocked that it does a great job recognizing what words I have written in my super duper sloppy cursive handwriting yeah like that just that just seems like a miracle to me that it's able to do it and that's why it's like boy it has gotten real good over the years and that's without even talking about quick note which is not really a feature that i've used very much but the ability to pull up a note from wherever you are in the system and it's integrated in an interesting way to grab links and add them to it and you know i can see how that's really great for some people but it's it's not really from for my use cases it, it's so it's so funny i kept thinking that i had no use for quick notes at all i was like there's no i just have no place for this in my life but i did realize suddenly it's like oh i have one place where this is absolutely perfect is when playing magic i'm designing my own decks so i'm, I'm like picking the cards mm -hmm. that i want and i kept realizing like during games i would constantly think oh i need to have one extra copy of this or i have one too many copies of that and I, but I would forget by the end of the game what it was that I wanted to change. And then I realized, oh, this is exactly what Quick Notes is for. Like, I don't care to have this exist in my real system. I can just pull it up while I'm in the game without having to close yeah. it out. And the good thing is that it knows, right? So every time you enable Quick Note, it knows that you're in, I've oh, got the Magic app open. So it will show you the note that you were working when you last had the Magic app open. It's very clever. It's really great to be able to just pull that up and, and swipe up and be like, okay, you know, uh, one less swamp, like, and then just at the end of the game, look at what my little notes were and make those changes. Mm -hmm. Even for me, where I thought, oh, I have no use for the, this feature. It's like, ooh, actually, though, in the right circumstances, it is very useful. Calendars. I have a bunch of stuff here, which is I wasn't expecting it. Yeah, I'm I'm absolutely shocked that you have a bunch of stuff in because from my perspective, it's like calendars. Well, there's only one answer. Mm -hmm. Fantastical mm -hmm. is amazing. I agree. Like, what what more could there be to say about calendars? But apparently, Mike has a lot to say about calendars. So, Fantastical is the calendar app, right? It's excellent, mm -hmm. fantastic on every platform. I love it. Uh, one of the things that I've really loved that they added this year is if you have a event that has a zoom meeting or a webex meeting or whatever attached to it on the mac it shows a little icon next to the menu bar when that event's coming up and you can just click it and then it will join the meeting oh interesting i didn't know about that it's one so That's great. cool like you click the icon and it gives you a join meeting button you just press it and it will open that relevant application and join the meeting with the information attached to it so good right like nice that is something that we're doing all the time it's a great addition I mentioned Doodle last year. It's an app that I'm still using, which is a way to collect. So like you want to make a meeting and you were doing it with a bunch of people. So like I have frequent calls now on a monthly basis with about eight or nine people. Mm -hmm. So this is a way that I can say, here's a bunch of potential times, vote. Mm -hmm. And people can vote on the time that works best for them. And then we can go ahead and book the meeting. An app that does a similar thing, but slightly differently that I've been using is called Calendly. It's a service and an application. You give it credentials to your calendar, mm -hmm. and then you can do a couple of different things. Like one of the ways that I've used it is I can say, give a time range. So on these days and these days, between this time and this time, people can just book meetings into my diary. Hmm. I can set how long these meetings are by default, and I've integrated it with Zoom, so it will automatically create a Zoom call for that meeting when the meeting is arranged. 
The calendar sync mm. is two-way. So if I put something in manually during that time, it won't let people book that time. Uh, okay, so this is this is like a remote office hours app. That's what that's what this is kind of like. Okay, I don't know what that means. <laughs> so, I, like, I, I'm just thinking in college, right, with professors and things. Oh, like, I understand what you're saying now. Yes, I get you now. Yes, mm-hmm. uh, we, I have office hours yep. from 3 p.m. till 6 p.m. People and use Calendly exactly yeah. for that. Like I've been doing okay. it because Interesting. you know I mentioned last time, and what I'm doing all this stuff for is uh, I run a podcast mentorship group, and mm-hmm. we've been working on a group project together. So everyone's creating an episode of like a show. It's just kind of like as a way to practice skills, and we're publishing it. Ah, okay. I'll put a link in the show notes to it if people want to check it out. It's we're working on a, a subject right now about people making episodes about personal heroes, and it's just a way to kind mm-hmm. of like uh, get some practice. And one mm-hmm. of the things I wanted to do was I wanted to to do like a little intro with everybody that's producing an episode. So we'd record a thing for a couple of minutes. I asked them a set of standard questions as a way to introduce them to the audience. And so to do that, I needed to set up 15-minute calls of eight people. And I thought about how horrible it would be to individually <laughs> arrange those meetings. Yeah, that's a so nightmare. So I was like, there must be a service out there that can do this for me. And then I found Calendly. So I just give it a time range and say, here is the link, go for it. And then people could ju- were just booking it in on their own. And I, I just really like that as a system. So I have this now, and like I've, been, you know, I've had some other meetings that I've needed to set up recently, and I'm like, oh, I could use Calendly for that. You know, just as a way mm. to say, here's some time, go for it. Fantastic how has this kind of feature built into it, but it doesn't work in exactly the same way. And I've had some friends that have tried to use it and it, and it messed up for them. But I, I really like Calendly for this. And I love the way that it like integrates with Zoom and stuff. I think that's super clever. And so then like in my Zoom account, there's then just a bunch of meetings for each one and I can just click start on each of them. Uh, so I think it's mm. super cool as a service if this is the kind of thing that you need. Yeah, that's a, that's a pretty sweet tool. Like I love stuff like that. Like it's a, like a scalpel for exactly the problem that you have. That sounds like a really great thing to have in the arsenal. Which is another one of these. It's called Elsewhen. Elsewhen, okay. Elsewhen. It does two things. One is, so Discord has this ability to give it a like relative time. So it can okay. create this string, this like code string that you can paste into a text box that will show individual users a time and date in their own time zone. So All say right. you were saying, okay. hey, I'm going to do a stream and it's going to be at X. And that time mm-hmm. for you, say it's like 12 o'clock in the afternoon in London, but then if someone in America would open it and they'd see it in their time zone. Right, okay. These strings are really complicated. But Elsewhen allows you to select on a calendar, select the time, choose the formatting you want. Do you want it to say the day of the week? Do you want it to just say the time? And then you copy right. the code and paste it into Discord and then people look at it and they see it in their own time zone. Just really useful for if you are in Discord. That is a really specific tool. Incredibly <laughs> specific, but helpful for me. The other thing that it does that I use more, which is a feature that I asked for and they very graciously put it in, is if I'm streaming, I publish a tweet like I'm going to be streaming on this time and I like to have a bunch of time zones in the tweet because I wish Twitter had this feature that Discord have but they don't so I would say like I have like UK three time zones for America and Central Europe right Mm -hmm. and 
what this app does is it allows me to choose a time and then it will I can copy out a pre-formatted thing of like each of the flags that I use. Right, right. And the okay. times. And you can choose time zones. You can choose whatever time zones you want and it will format them this way. So then if you're sharing something, it can be like, it's going to be this time. Here's a bunch of time zones. Wonderful. So Elsewhen does those two things. Does them really well. Really easy. That's nice. Scalpel-like nice. issue, right? Again, like I have these <laughs> two things that I need and this app just does them. I use it. Yeah, that, 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 that's that's great. It's like this is feels elsewhere particularly feels to me like a very Unix terminal y application. If like if this is just a string that does one thing that converts some numbers into some other words, and that's great. It's just part of the workflow. This was also made by the same people who set up a little development group in the Relay FM members Discord who created the widget that I was talking about earlier on when we were doing uh, the fundraising. Okay, that makes sense. So it's that the same sense. gang, and they're a really incredibly talented group, and they produce things at quite a pace. And so, so cool. Because <laughs> this was an issue we were having in Discord of like trying to show things at this time. And, oh, by mm -hmm. the way, that Discord has this feature of this time code thing, or whatever they call it. Mm -hmm. But it's hard to work out. <laughs> so they made an app for it. And then I said, hey, this app would be great for this thing that I do. And so they added that in too. You're shaping the world, Mike. One app feature request at a time. <laughs> I guess I'm like an influencer <laughs> for apps. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, you're an app influencer. I think that's legit. You put that on your business card. Appfluencer? Appfluencer. It rolls right off the tongue. Very lovely sounding. <laughs> Time and project management. Time management? Yeah. Time tracking? Is this the time tracking section, Mike? Yeah, I decided to kind of, I've messed around with the categories a little bit more and gave us like a specific oh. place to talk about time tracking now. Mm -hmm. And there's a lot to say about Timery this year. The big thing is that it is on the Mac, which yes. is fan freaking tastic. Like, I am so happy it's on the Mac. I was so sad and disappointed when Timery wasn't available on the first Apple Silicon Macs because you could have the iOS version available. But mm -hmm. it was because the, de the developer was working on a fully-fledged Mac app, which I've mm -hmm. had the pleasure of also testing out through its time period uh, before the Mac had test flights. So it's like been like a whole mess of like manually <laughs> installing these new versions of the app every time. But it right. is, uh, it's another app kind of like, uh, I was talking about Craft earlier, where it's it's using Catalyst technology. So there's like, it's part Mac, part iOS, but feels really good. Mm -hmm. And it's available, but there's two things that I love about it. Like you can get all of the stuff that you want. It's just like the iOS app. You've got all the functionality that you need right there. But it has one thing, which is very Mac-like, which I love, which is the menu bar. So in the menu bar, you can set up Timery. Currently, at the moment, it shows me my running timer, but you can start and stop timers there. And it also has, if you have a bunch of saved timers, you can just activate them right from the menu bar without opening the app. And my favorite is recent timers. So I have like basically what's like a week's worth of timers right here for me. So I can just go in mm. and I use the same timers frequently. So just going in and selecting a recent timer and having it go, like I absolutely love it. It's so useful for me. And just makes starting and stopping my timers just so simple. It's fantastic. Yeah, the, the menu bar is very cool. I actually don't use it though mm -hmm. because I'm trying to keep everything consistent, and so I'm I'm running timery entirely through shortcuts. This is now available because of Monterey, right? Yes, exactly. Yeah, like great. Yeah, so good. shortcuts on the Mac is amazing. I'm using the shortcuts menu bar for me. 
is very frequently just completely filled with various time tracking things. Well, I just want to I want to put an asterisk on what you said. Mm-hmm. Shortcuts on the Mac, the app is not so great. Having shortcuts on the Mac, really great. <laughs> yes, I do. Um, I am very aware that it's like, oh, the best place to uh, work with shortcuts should be on the Mac. But I do not work with shortcuts on the Mac. I make my shortcuts on my iPad because editing and working yeah, with stuff it's is t- it's tough. real glitchy. I have 100% faith in that team that they will get this right. Like, uh, mm-hmm. we've been talking about this in a couple of my other shows. They should have called this a beta, and I don't know why they didn't. And it would have mm. resolved so much of the the, the, the the concern around the quality of the application right now. It was a big undertaking. They mo- Again, they moved this to Swift UI. They yeah. moved the whole shortcuts out. They redesigned the whole thing. And it, it needs more work on the Mac. But ultimately, it doesn't matter to me so much because all I really want is to be able to activate my shortcuts, which I can now do, and I love it. Yeah, I don't worry about shortcuts being glitchy. I have the same feeling like I actually think in the long run, this is very good Mm -hmm. because I I suspect that shortcuts is pushing forward Swift UI and then Swift UI can help shortcuts be even better. And we're just in we're just in the early awkward phase where shortcuts is a stupidly powerful app. So it is 100 percent pushing up against all of the limits of what Swift UI can do. Yep. But also because, uh, again, I'm, I'm still so happy about Apple's stewardship of shortcuts. It's like, because they've built it so core into everything they're doing, I expect that it's very easy internally for the shortcuts team to be able to point out limitations in Swift UI, and then that gets the Swift UI framework improved for everyone. So I have confidence that this is the start of a virtuous circle, even if it means right now it's not great to actually edit my shortcuts on the Mac. So I just don't do it. I work, I still work on the iPad when I, when I work on those things. But. Yeah, and that's fine because the, the real benefit is having access to the power of shortcuts on the Mac. Like that's the great part of it all for me and yeah the promise of in the future me being able to automate more of the things that i do on my mac with shortcuts like and as something that i'm dipping my toe into a little bit more now like some of just the things i do on my mac let's just get shortcuts to do them for me instead like things that yeah, exactly are mac related things and they added a bunch of shortcut options for things that really can only be done on the mac so i think that's super cool yeah, it's it's really nice. I spent some time converting over all of my shortcuts because there's um a, one feature I was really glad that to, that they added was the ability to check what device you're on in shortcuts. Yeah. And yeah. so a lot of like I have a basic template now for like what does a new shortcut look like and one of the I'm just copying and pasting this across every one that I use. It's like check which device you're on and then it runs like an if Mac do this, if phone do this. Mm-hmm. So I'm I'm really happy to be able to universalize a bunch of my shortcuts so i don't have to make two different shortcuts i can just underneath an if then statement bury the different options for what i want it to do on the mac or mm-hmm. on the phone or on the ipad like i'm so glad they added that and i'll also say running shortcuts on the mac has been very solid for me like whenever i run a timer like it starts the timer the few things yep. that i'm doing like it works great yep. it's just working with the app itself is totally glitchy So the way that I am running all of my time tracking stuff right now is I'm still, though, mostly 
actually running it on the phone and very frequently using Siri to do it by just speaking out loud. Because that is another thing that the focus modes fixed is weirdly like Siri would refuse to run shortcuts in, in the old system when you put on like do not disturb. It was very bizarre. Right. As <laughs> <laughs> yeah. like Siri won't talk to me if I don't want notifications. Well, whatever. Anyway, that's all fixed. But the system that I have for time tracking right now is I'm using timery and shortcuts in combination with an app I had just started to use last year, which is called Just Timers. And the reason I'm using that app is because it's the timer app that has the best integration with shortcuts I have found of anything out there. Like Do, which is a a great app, has surprisingly little that you can actually do in terms of timers and shortcuts. Like I check in every once in a while to see like, has the developer added this? But they they just haven't. And so I, I really like with all of my various timers or my time tracking to be able to set a countdown timer of you know several different lengths to set off just a gentle little alert to like check in in a sense of like, hey, are you still doing this? Or, hey, this might be a good time to stop what you're doing right now. Can I ask a question? I want to see if I'm understanding what Mm -hmm. you're doing here. So you have a shortcut that you run that say writing timer. And when Mm -hmm. that runs, timer restarts running. But then just Mm -hmm. timers gets activated to be like in 20 minutes, bug him. Yes, that's what's happening. that's That's a really interesting way to build... A system like that i think that's that's actually really cool because i can imagine it's like as well also reminds you to get back on task if you've veered off yeah so that's it's for both uses so like my writing timer when i flip that like that starts counting down at an hour and 20 minutes and it just like pings me that the timer is up and I know from long experience, like that is the exact right amount of time where I should now just get up and get a coffee, take a few minutes off, like, and then start the timer again. That if like I keep sitting there, the marginal value of each additional minute goes down real fast. So when the writing session is done, I start another one, which just says break. And that starts like a seven minute timer that like pings me at the end of the seven minutes to be like, hey, you should be going back to writing now if you haven't done this automatically. But the real killer feature and like why shortcuts integration is very important is so like, say I've done my writing block, I go and get my coffee and it's only five minutes and I go back to the desk and I flip the writing timer again. What has to happen now is like all of the running timers need to stop, which would mean that seven minute timer and then also start like countdown from an hour and 20 minutes again. Because what you don't want to have happen is two minutes into writing, you get a notification that says, hey, your break is up. And it's like, no, no. By starting the writing timer, everything should reset. So I have a lot of time tracking timers that need to give that instruction to an app of like reset all running timers. 
start a new timer now. And I have some like funny exceptions to that, like running the laundry as a timer of like, oh, you want to take the laundry out and put it in the dryer. Like if this three hour timer is running, don't ever reset that one because that's a different sort of time. Right. So like I need to be able to give reasonably complicated instructions to a timer app about which timers get reset when. And the only app that I have found up to the job of doing that is just timers. And it's also important to me that while I could do this with alarms, alarms are way too heavyweight. Like alarms are very interruptive and I don't want that kind of thing. Like I just want something very much like what we use do for of like a gentle reminder. But if I'm in the middle of writing a sentence and like this is a really great moment, I can totally blow past that alert and it's not a problem. Whereas an alarm is like way more interruptive. The only thing that I find frustrating is that just timers doesn't synchronize across devices. And Mm. so like I can't get it to work on the Mac or like the timers don't synchronize between devices. And like that's the final piece that I really want because also like you... A huge amount of my work is is now just switched back to the Mac. Like the Mac is now the default machine. And I would use shortcuts on the Mac more for timers if it wasn't for this particular fact of like the timers don't sync between the app in different locations. So I'm still using my phone as the default place for time tracking nearly 100% of the time because that's the place where I can count on. My countdown timers are always accurately representing what the current situation is. So I love just timers. Like it's, it's great. It does exactly what I want it to do. The only thing that kills me is it doesn't sync across devices. So I'm hoping either that can get added or like another app can add that as a feature. But like what I need in terms of shortcut support for a timer app is reasonably complicated to make this work. But aside from that, I'm really happy with the way this works for like Hmm. time tracking shortcuts, like communicating between all of the different parts and Ultimately, I also want to tie this in more tightly with the focus modes, which I'm not doing Mm. right now. But like that's the last piece that I feel like will be pretty solid across all of the devices, like doing everything I want every time I set a timer running. There was a couple of things that I'm more that I meant to mention with Timery, but I forgot. (laughs) Okay. One is that they've added reports to the app now, which is really great. So there's like a whole reporting section of the application where you can go in and see like over a certain time period the things that you've done and you can set them like this year, last year, this month, and you have a lot of options. This is one mm-hmm. of like just it's basically for me taking away another reason for me to need to log into the Toggle website. Like I can see what I've been doing over a set period of time. So I really like that that's in the app now as well as just mm-hmm. the widgets. Like it's much more broadly functioned in the app. Mm-hmm. And the extra large widget type that's been added to the iPad. Oh, yeah, that is great. <laughs> that's so cool. It's really great because what, what Joe did was just basically take four of the medium widgets and just put them in a grid. And it's like, it's mm-hmm. so great because it's just like, it's, it just feels like a command center for timing. Like I got everything mm-hmm. I need in there. All of my time trackers are running. It's awesome. There's also project management as part of this. Mm-hmm. And been using Trello, right? We spoke about it last time. I'm using Trello over the last year. Like me and Adina use it a lot. We use it for like managing projects with the studio and with our company here in the UK and like home hmm. stuff as well. 
I'm not sure. We're not sure if we're looking for something else. I, I, it's starting to like get a bit frustrating to use in certain ways. We might be oh. looking for a, for a different tool for this, and it's kind of like managing long term projects with potentially to dos and assignment to people. I think we might start looking for a like collaborative to do app rather than something like a Kanban. I'm not sure. Hmm. Yeah, I mean, I said this last time, I I still always feel this way that like, Kanban boards are interesting. Trello seems like it's the best in class among these things. But every time I have tried it, I just I eventually fall off it and feel like this isn't really the right solution for what I'm trying to do. This is how Adina is feeling right now. So I don't know. It's like it's a weird. I feel like it's just a weird intersection of sometimes both too complicated and too simple. Yeah, that's exactly it. Yep, nailed it. <laughs> that is the issue we are having completely. Yeah. So we might start looking for something else. We're, we're, we're playing around and we're going to see like what, what could potentially work better for what we're doing, but we're not sure what that's going to be yet. Like at the moment, we don't even really know what type of application, right? So it's a bit before we can even start looking at the options, but th- that's in there. Maybe next year I'll have something different to say for this category. I mean, don't you want to join the Notion Nation? You can also have... Kanban boards mm. there. Like okay, that could, so that could this be was thing. one of the things I did want to touch on was that you were really going big on Notion for Grey Industries last time. Is that still going on? It's not that I have gone in big on Notion. It's my assistant has gone in big on Notion. Uh-huh. And I guess we can describe that as that is part of the project of managing me is what's actually occurring in Notion is that she is managing me in various ways through Notion. And while I still don't love the tool, I like there's something about the way navigation occurs in Notion that I just find very odd. I cannot pin it down. It's not an app that I would use, but luckily it doesn't really matter because it's the app that she is using and I would give it a big thumbs up. Like it's working really well for gray industries as a business tool. Like it's very easy for her to lay out a bunch of information and ultimately it's very easy for me to look at what has been laid out in various ways. So there's a bunch of boring like internal company stuff that is done through Notion. We do like a monthly administration call and that is running through a bunch of projects and like current state of things in Notion. And so it's very useful to be able to go through that. There's there's such a dumb little feature of Notion, but I think is actually quite critical, which is when you are looking at something in Notion, it puts a little user icon next to the line that the person is looking at. It's kind of like how in Google Docs, you can see where someone is typing, but it is, it's surprisingly, like it's very, very responsive. And more importantly, it doesn't jump around like the little icon will slide up to whatever the person is looking at. And I'm, I'm just very aware that like when two people are looking at a document and talking about a thing, that little user icon is very critical sometimes to, to know like, wait, which part of this are we both talking about? Like just the, the way that it's displayed, I think is fantastic. 
So we're using it for that. And then we're also using it as part of like the fact checking team for going through scripts. Like scripts are broken down into a giant table of all facts that are stated in a video. And then we have two people who are working through all of those facts. So I would say Notion has been a really big win in terms of project management. Like I'm still not doing the actual videos themselves as projects in Notion. Like I am still the keeper of the different steps that the project is going through, but Notion is a great collaborative database that is very flexible. So again, while I personally don't love it, I can still really recommend it as a tool for like anyone who's doing anything collaborative with someone else. Like Notion is a great tool to investigate and see if it works for you. I will give another recommendation for Craft because Craft does most of this stuff. You see Craft as a Notion competitor? Is is yes. that the way you would describe it? One hundred percent, it is. Yeah. Hmm. And what I'll say about what Craft has that Notion doesn't is a good feeling user experience. I think part of the problem that you're seeing with Notion is it's mostly web views, and yeah. so when you're moving around, it feels like that, and Craft doesn't feel like that. Mm. It, I don't think it's as fully featured in some areas as Notion, but I think that they're moving there for sure. Like that's the area they're moving towards, like further and further. Um, so mm. like all the stuff that you're mentioning, like I have a version of those types of things in Craft for Cortex Brand. Like it's where our admin goes and all that kind of stuff. Right. And it has a lot of the features. So I think as time goes on, I believe Craft will continue to be something to keep an eye on for this stuff. Does Craft have a web view? Yes, they're building it. It's in beta right now, and but it is something that they're working on. I've, I have I have enabled for Cortex Brand. I can show you at some point. <laughs> Uh, okay, just in case my assistant is listening right now, do not worry. I have no intention of forcing <laughs> you to move away from Notion. Like I'm just, I'm just I'm, asking I'm out of curiosity and for the benefit, <laughs> and for the benefit of any listeners who are wondering. But it's also important for gray industries that Notion is cross-platform. Like that just has to be a requirement. Mm-hmm. That's why I was wondering about if Craft has a has a web view. But I, I also, I ha- don't worry. I have no intention of forcing it. Like you can use the tool that you think is best, and you think that that's Notion. So don't worry. Um, <laughs> nothing's nothing's going to happen. Here here i'm just curious this is a very focused podcast right now we're talking to one person (laughs) yeah and i don't even know if she's listening or not so we might be talking to zero people you know what gray we'll find out yeah we will find out (laughs) (laughs) this episode of cortex is brought to you by linkedin jobs these days small business owners are busier than ever and spending time searching for the right candidates can feel like you're just taking time away from growing your business. That's why LinkedIn Jobs has made it easier to find the people that you want to talk to faster and for free. Hiring is daunting. It's a big process. Like you're getting ready to bring somebody into your business. It can take a lot to get you to that point. Once you've actually decided that you want to hire someone, you want to get that person and you want to find the right person. So you don't want to spend weeks and weeks and weeks looking for someone because you don't have that time to spend. And then when you do go through that process, you don't want to have made the wrong decision because you didn't have the right applicants. I have been in this space before. Maybe at some point soon, I'm going to be back here again. And I'm going to turn to LinkedIn Jobs when I do because they really make it so simple. You can create a free job post in minutes on LinkedIn Jobs to reach your network and beyond to the world's largest professional network of over 770 million people. 
Focus on candidates with just the right skills and experience and use screening questions to get your role in front of only the most qualified. Then use the simple tools on LinkedIn Jobs to quickly filter and prioritize who you'd like to interview and hire. It's why small businesses rate LinkedIn Jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus the leading competitors. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the candidates you want to talk to faster. Did you know every week nearly 40 million job seekers visit LinkedIn? Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash Cortex. That's linkedin.com slash Cortex to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. Our thanks to LinkedIn Jobs for the support of this show and Relay FM. Communication. Communication. Considering you're not opening your to-do app, I'm assuming you're not opening your email app. Email? I don't even know what it is. Okay. Here's the only thing I will say in this section. I really hope that Apple internally is working on their mail app in the same way that they worked on their notes app. I'm still using Apple Mail for when I do stuff in mail. It's fine, I guess, but boy, does it feel like it hasn't been touched in 10 years. And I think there's a lot of great stuff that Apple could do with that. And I just, I hope they have some secret notes-like project for the default mail app. Because that thing is okay, but it is old and creaky. And just the way that I do email, which is as infrequently as humanly possible, I don't have a lot to gain from investigating a bunch of alternatives so i am just going to stick with the default email app and hope it gets updated nicely at some point in the future but quite frankly even if it doesn't i don't really care like i just don't use it enough for that to critically matter i don't know about you but for sure slack has just consumed all of my actual important communication and has has left email largely like a weird i don't quite want to say ghost town but like email feels a lot like the real post mail does to me which is like it's 95 percent junk i don't care about and five percent terrifyingly critical pieces of information so i like my dislike of email has only increased over time i want to talk about these two things and just lay out the apps that I'm using. And then I want to talk about a wider thing, which is similar to what you were saying. Mm-hmm. So I don't want to touch on it yet because I want to just lay the groundwork. So okay. for email, I'm using three different apps at the moment. So <laughs> okay. there's a reason. There's a reason. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no. So I, I believe you. Spark is where, continues to be where all of my personal email goes and where my Relay FM email goes. The application is fine. It's okay. Mm -hmm. It does the job. As far as an email app on iOS and macOS can go, it's about as Mm. good as all of them, which I will echo as I always say, there is no good email app. They're all varying levels of okay to bad because in my opinion, there's only ever been one good email app and it doesn't exist anymore. Mailbox, the one that Dropbox Pour one out for Mailbox. It's the best email app ever made. It had a feature that I love that I cannot believe nobody has ever copied, which was the ability to manually reorder email in an Mm -hmm. inbox. It's genius. For some Mm -hmm. reason, nobody else ever wants to make it, and I do not know Mm -hmm. why. Spark's killer feature, though, is its collaboration. That's why I use it and love it for that. Uh, The ability to be able to collaborate with people on email, assign them email, have conversations in line that the person you're sending the email to doesn't see, 
all that kind of mm-hmm. stuff is so so good and I'm all in on it and don't imagine anything taking me away from it because that feature is so critical to how I work. Yeah. Again, with Cortex brand, I wanted to separate the email out and not have it come mm. in with my other email. So I'm using on iOS just the Gmail app. I don't like it particularly, but it's doing the job. Okay. Because most of the email that I'm dealing with is on the Mac where I'm using an app which is difficult to... I don't know how to pronounce this name. Uh, I think it's MimeStream, M-I-M-E-S-T-R-E-A-M. Not greatly named. It is a Gmail app native for the Mac that is truly excellent as far as email apps go for the Mac. It has every feature done really well, tons of options. It is a great app. They are, I believe, working on an iOS version which will make me a very happy man because this is actually a very good email app. It has all of the mm-hmm. features that you want and tons of customization, and it just looks like the Apple's mail app, really. MimeStream is made by someone who used to work at Apple on mail. Oh, interesting. Okay. So this person, uh, their name is Neil Javari, and in the about, I worked on Apple Mail for seven and a half years. Mm-hmm. And it shows because this is very fully featured. The I have never seen an app updated as often as this one. Hmm. Like multiple updates a week with fixes, new features, all that kind of stuff. It's great. It's really, really great. I just had to look it up because this, this was ringing a bell in my head because MIME is an acronym that stands for Multipurpose Internet Mail Extensions. So it is an internet standard that extends the form of email messages to support text in character sets other than ASCII. I wished he would rename it. (laughs) I don't like the name. It doesn't mean anything to me. I think this is like, it means something to nerds who know something about email. And it's like, I get it, but I would also suggest a renaming because it's not easy to say. I have made this suggestion before. I make it for free. I will say it again. Call your app my mail. Yeah. I don't know what stream is. Mm. I yeah. don't know why we're... St- what are we streaming? There's no stream. Mm. So anyway, it's a great app. The, the only It's the only thing I can complain about is the name. They're doing a very good job. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I was going to say, yeah. If the only thing to complain about is the yeah. name. That is like A plus work on an app. <laughs> and like their product roadmap, you know, they have that they're working on an iOS app. Like I just, I like, please, <laughs> please, you know. <laughs> please <laughs> it's great it's a great mac app and that's what i use uh it's gmail only which would if they mm-hmm. did bring out an ios app i wouldn't be able to use it for all my uh, email but i would be able to replace the gmail app and it just you know it does right. a really good job it integrates with all gmail stuff so it has like promotions updates social folders in it and mm-hmm. it does something that i really love which is a feature i wished all email apps have when you send an email like you're in the email list you send an email it doesn't open the next email. It just, that's it. You know, archive an email. It doesn't open the next one and mark it as read. And that, because that is a feature that you can set. Because this app, yeah. like all good email apps, has lots of options that you can mm. set. Because email is a very particular thing that people like to do in certain ways. So big recommendation for mime stream. That's such a great little detail, though. Like, I hate that when, when you delete something and then it just opens up and marks as read. Then it's like, oh. Please, please no, don't do that. Like, yeah, those those little details really matter. 
And of course, there's other people out there who would be driven crazy by not opening the next message automatically. But that, that's why you need stuff like that to be an option. Mm-hmm. So then to continue what we're talking about, Slack, which is now owned by Salesforce, that doesn't mean anything, but that changed since we last spoke about it. Oh, right. Other types of communication, Discord. So Discord mm-hmm. we use for members, but there's also business related in that for me. An Airtable, which is like a sales database, but I kind of consider it as a collaboration communication thing. Mm-hmm. Here's the overall thing that I want to talk about, which is the fragmentation of business communication. Yeah. So Slack was, we've said this many times, right? Slack's whole thing is, hey, we're replacing email. Here's the thing. You can't do that, right? Yeah. Slack is trying their best to make this happen by like, hey, now you can integrate with another company Slack and you can have these shared channels. That's a great idea. Mm-hmm. But that's not how, like... If someone's, if I'm contacting somebody for the first time or they're contacting me for the first time, they're not just going to appear in my Slack, right? <laughs> yeah. There has to yeah. be an introduction. So you can't ever truly get rid of email because Slack just doesn't work that way. And I also mm-hmm. really don't want Slack to work that way. I don't want people randomly appearing. I actually don't really ever want to do the let's join our Slacks together thing. I don't like that either really as a thing. I, I Right? Yeah. So, and the, but the thing is, though, what Slack has shown me is that instant messaging, I much prefer to email. I like mm-hmm. the tone. I like that it's quick. I like that you can have a conversation and it's happening in a moment, right? And then mm-hmm. the moment is gone rather than like, I email you. Maybe you'll email me back today. Maybe it'll be tomorrow. Maybe one is instant and then the next one takes seven days. Like that, like yeah. asynchronous communication is so strange when you are so used to now even more so doing all of your other business your internal business is all done in an instant message and your external business is all done with email and i think Mm -hmm. that it's such a shame that we have to maintain both of these chains of communication type now that there's like Mm -hmm. internal and external and they're massively different i actually think that while slack has made this type of communication better it's actually made the problem worse I'll agree with that. I will agree with that assessment, yeah. So, like, if you look at it on a macro scale, internal communication is a million times better than it ever was for this type because of the way that Slack works. But it only makes the external stuff feel more jarring. And then you're managing both of these things. And so, like, there isn't, honestly, there is not a way to solve this problem. But I just wanted Mm -hmm. to talk about it. No, I, I totally get it. Uh, and I agree with you. Even just as, as you were talking, it's like, I, I almost wish, like, I wouldn't want to use it all the time, but it, it almost makes me wish like there was an app layer above this that I could have something that, that could kind of bring the Slack and email world together sometimes when I'm just in the mood to let me just try to clear everything that's in my communications queue and I don't really care where it came from. I could imagine Salesforce building this. I mean, maybe. Because Salesforce have email. Mm. Yeah, that's true. I'm also just, I'm feeling this particularly painfully right now because I have I have just come back from a conference and again, it's like the default mode of hey, let's stay in touch or like, ooh, you need to uh, send me that thing. The default mode for that is email. And Mm -hmm. so it's like, oh, I've got a bunch of emails of people that I want to reach out and other people have my email and they may send me things randomly. And it's just, 
I was feeling very aware of, oh, I need to be, I mean, <laughs> we could talk about this in the themes episode later, but th- this is, this is a thing of like, <sighs> okay, the world is opening back up. I need to be more on top of external communications for a bunch of reasons and just really feeling the dread of like, I just, I find it very frustrating the way email is this totally separate world and it is also impossible to get rid of. And yeah, I completely agree with you. It's like, you can take Slack out of my cold dead hands. Like the internal business stuff is so much better because of Slack but the problem is weirdly worse on the big picture. It does make email feel more alienating. And I'm so resistant to the like increasing number of slacks in my little sidebar. Mm-hmm. Um, and and e- like so even within f- Slack, communication is, is weirdly fragmented. I agree with you. There just there isn't a great way to solve this problem, but I do kind of find myself thinking, I wish there was just some master cue of here are all of the messages that have been sent to you from people. And I don't really care where they originated from. I just want to spend an hour trying to blast through as many of these as I can. But that is asking a lot from integration from very different tools. So I guess communications continues to be a like, sad area of the working world. So writing and research, we touched on writing earlier. So you have moved from <laughs> Ulysses to Obsidian. Oh, am I allowed to talk about we this can talk now? talk about it now, now. this is the approved There's writing structure. <laughs> I don't respect your structures, Mike. We should be able to talk about... Actually, that's a lie. I do, because now we're talking about writing and research when you want to. You might say, I don't respect your structures, but you right, are but respecting actually, the structure, so... Yes, that is that's that's what's happening right now. Yeah, so no, I I did move away from Ulysses for the reasons that I mentioned that the redesign was really frustrating and it eventually just totally killed me. And so I have switched over to Obsidian as not just the notes app, but also the complete writing environment app. This is a big deal, man. This is a really big deal, I think. <sighs> yeah, it it is. I'm still going to say this that like if you are a person who has to do any kind of serious writing, I would still probably say that Ulysses is my default recommendation. Like, I, d- I just always like this as a problem set of if you don't know anything about a person, what is the default recommendation? And I think Ulysses is a good writing app. It's just like the changes they made were really bad for me. But I also, this is also one of these cases of. I am trying a crazy thing with Obsidian, and I think no one should follow me in this direction. So I just want to kind of preface this discussion. So I'm going to send you a screenshot of... Oh, here we go. <laughs> here we of... go. What? Obsidian screenshots. Yeah, I'm going to send you a little screenshot of what it looks like. Why, why are you so sad, Mike? <laughs> I'm not sad. Are you going to send me the freaking brain thing? Like the 
No, I'm not going to send you uh, okay, the brain good. thing. What yeah. is that called? What do they call that? Uh, they they uh, they call that the everyone gets distracted by this picture because it looks pretty, but it's actually worthless for doing any work of you. I think that's the name of what. This is why I didn't want to see it because it doesn't does not does nothing for me. People, I almost never look at that except every once in a while because it's just pretty, but it's mm-hmm. totally. I, I think it is not useful in any. So here is like actually what a useful writing environment looks like. Obviously, I've pixelated the script of a thing that I'm working on. Oh, this on. is so, so helpful for me to understand. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Mm, yes, yes, yes. I can very clearly see. <laughs> it's like it's like this is what you would see on an episode of Star Trek. Like, this would be the, the screen on the alien ship. I think that's fair. I think that's a fair assessment of what this looks like. I appreciate that you didn't remove the header tags <laughs> oh yeah well you know you need to see where the header tags are right? that, that's perfectly fine okay so here is why no one should do what i'm doing but also demonstrates like what is the weird power of obsidian so obsidian has a million billion features and on top of those million billion features it also has plugins that you can turn on or off that make the app behave in different ways now The way I want the app to work when I am, say, writing notes on a topic is different than the way I want the app to work when I am writing a script. And so just as a quick example, a lot of writing apps have something called typewriter mode, where the cursor will stay in the middle of the screen. So as you press the up and down arrows, the text moves up and down but the cursor stays put and so typewriting mode for me when i'm writing a script is like a total deal breaker feature like if it doesn't work in typewriter mode like i'm completely uninterested Hmm. because i want the cursor in the middle so i can always see the thing that i have written before this sentence and everything that i have written after this sentence and having my cursor on the bottom of the screen is just like totally dumb and useless and also unergonomic write that way or do you read like edit that way or is it both it's like always always yeah so if i'm working on the script i always want it in typewriter mode so that like the arrow keys are moving this river of text up and down but the cursor is staying in the same place because for me it's really critical like this paragraph is extremely contingent on what comes before and what comes after so i always have to be able to see it when you say the same place what about if you're editing on a line do you move backwards and forwards on the line yeah you can sorry you can move backwards and forwards on a line you can move left and right but the vertical position of the cursor always stays the same yeah okay cool and if you use the mouse and you say like say you click at some location in a paragraph that's above when you click that will jump down to the center line on the page. Mm-hmm. So it's like the vertical position of the cursor is unmovable and the text goes up and down. Mm-hmm. Absolutely critical for writing scripts, but that behavior is completely infuriating for a document that may be full of just notes and factual information about the thing that you are writing. Like you want to be able to scroll that in a different way or position the... like. You want to be picky for something that is a note for what's on the screen, because since it's not a continual river of text that's meant to be like read in an order, it's just here's a bullet list of like a bunch of facts. You want to be able to have that 
be in an arbitrary position on the screen. So for a note app, typewriter mode is a complete deal breaker. It's like that would be infuriating if it was in typewriter mode for just this collection of notes that is not a script. Mm -hmm. So I had this, this situation where I'm like, gee, I really like Obsidian. I want to try writing uh, my actual scripts in it, but I have these two completely incompatible ways in which I work that I would like the app to do both at the same time, right? And so I was thinking about this for a little while, and Obsidian has this feature that they explicitly say, we don't recommend you do this, but you can do this, which is you can open up on your Mac two copies of the Obsidian app, which are both looking at the same database of information. And so I have set up Obsidian so that I can run two versions that are looking at the same database, but they are accessing a different preference file for how Obsidian should work. And so I can have this totally crazy situation where there is the writing version of Obsidian, which is using my favorite black and green color scheme, which I've used for years and years for writing scripts. And it works in typewriter mode and it has some features about word count and some other little things. So it's like, great, I can have one version of Obsidian that's just set up the way I want it for scripts. And then behind it, I can have this version that is just set up for all of the notes and information that I have about the script that I'm working on. And that one uses like this neon 80s theme, which is fantastic. And I can have it set in a very different way to operate. So this is otherwise known as <laughs> sync conflict mode. No, okay, so it's not sync, like, it's not sync conflict mode. I can't understand how you can have two versions of the application open at the same time and it not cause problems. Uh, it doesn't. Like, if anyone wants, to, I, I don't recommend anyone does this, but if anyone wants to do this, the technical way that it occurs is Obsidian uses the phrase vault, but they really just mean a folder. So you can have, let me try to phrase this in a sensible way. I have my Obsidian database. It exists in a folder. And that folder has a file in it, which is all of the preferences for Obsidian. So when I open up Obsidian, I point it at the folder. It loads all of the information and it also loads the preference file. You can take that folder and put it inside another folder, which contains nothing except an additional preference file. And so that's how you can like open two copies at once mm -hmm. is it, it will look at the preference file that is in the folder you opened and it will ignore any preference files that are in subfolders. So th this is the way that it can work. I have tested it very extensively that Obsidian is constantly reading all of the text files. So if I type in one of the versions of Obsidian and I have that file open in the other version of obsidian it changes instantly like there's there is absolutely no delay the app is just constantly live reading all of the text in whatever documents that are open so this is why i can be very confident that there's not sync errors happening because i think like it is reading all of that those files constantly 
when they are open. It is not checking in on them every once in a while. It seems like it is a live version of that text folder. It does sound like scary sync conflicts are inevitable here, but I have had zero problems with this on the Mac. So I would not be using this if I was worried about that, but I'm, I'm reasonably confident that it isn't actually a problem because of the way that it's working. So this is my current janky setup that I don't recommend to other people, but I have been really pleased to have something to move to after Ulysses because I was just getting increasingly sad about that situation. So what I'll just say is like, this is really awesome. Obsidian has a couple of killer features that I really like as well. One of which is there's a thing that you can enable, which is called workspaces where you can save an arrangement of text documents as like, oh, I want to switch from this workspace to another workspace. And so what is fantastic is if I'm working on two projects at once, I can fussily arrange all of the different notes that I have about that project, save it as a workspace, and then like load an older workspace and have it remember like, oh, that this is the that way is that cool. you wanted all of these things arranged the other way. Yeah. I like that. That's cool. It is really great. And so like what I'm able to do with the script is have the script in the center, which is the green and black that you're looking at. And then on the side for this project, have four or five other little windows of like notes about various parts of this open on the screen and accessible. And I don't have to reset that up every time. And so one of the things that I'm doing is like, oh, I can copy and paste paragraphs out where it's like, oh, I think I'm going to delete this paragraph, but I just want to put it off on the side for a little while and leave it there. And I want to have it on screen if I find another place where this can go. But if I don't, that's fine. Or it's like, oh, I can make a little narrow column that shows me what is the timeline for when this is going to occur. Like, that's really fantastic. Obsidian also has lots of options for how you want markdown to work in terms of formatting things so like you can sort of see it on the little screenshot there but it's like i can use yellow as like notes to the animator when i first pass over the script of like oh this thing is a highlight and that's just a note to the animator it's not actually in the script it's really great with the way it works with comments and like oh i can ignore comments from the word count so i can like comment out different sections oh that's cool it is super duper flexible. The only thing that it's it's really missing is like two features, but this is where, I don't know, Mike, like, I don't know if this is crazy, but I've started to toy with the idea of like, could I hire someone to work on a plugin to make it do the thing that I want to do? Federico has done this exact thing for his iOS review. He, he hired someone to okay. work on some plugins for him. And he's done some banana stuff. All right. This is immediately less crazy than, than I was thinking it was. I, I, okay. I was expecting you to think that I've gone off the deep end with this. Oh, I do. <laughs> but so is Federico. Like, uh, both have. So the, the only two things that I'm missing, and, and the, the one that does feel kind of critical, and it's my only frustration, is in apps like Ulysses and apps like Scrivener, like lots of professional writing apps, they all have this concept that... You're not working with one big, long text document. You're working with an arbitrarily large number of like 
little what they call sheets. So you can divide up the script into arbitrary sheets and you can rearrange those anytime you want. And like that's the one thing in Obsidian that it is missing as a like a real professional writing tool. But I think I can get 90% of the benefit if I could do something like I can put like an outline view that shows all of the different headers. It's like if I could rearrange the order of the sections by dragging and dropping the headers in an outline view, I feel like that's 95% of what I need from the concept of sheets. And that would be a huge deal to be able to just like grab a section at the bottom and move it three sections up. Yeah, I know I can do that through cutting and pasting, but it's so annoying to do it that way. And it's like, it's way easier just to be able to drag and drop like different sections up and down in a script, which is a thing I, I do constantly about deciding oh the thing i talked about early should actually happen later that's probably the number one thing that i would want Mm -hmm. but this is the interesting thing about obsidian that makes it different from other apps is like i don't have to in theory just sit around and pray that the developer adds it it's like maybe i could just get someone to make it for me it is very interesting and if i do end up going down this route of trying to get people to make plugins for me that do exactly what I want in Obsidian, I could see this app becoming nearly impossible to move away from at some point in the future because it's like, ooh, if I can get all of the picky stuff exactly the way I want it to be, boy, is that going to be very, very hard to move away from at some point in the future. So that is my situation with Obsidian. It's still a crazy, complicated app, but I'm really glad that I I came across it and I don't give app of the year awards, but I would 100% give it to Obsidian for slowly taking over almost everything I do that has anything to do with text. It's funny how you keep saying that every year that you don't give app of the year awards, but then you keep giving an app of the year award. That's not, that's not the case. That hasn't happened before. Fair enough. This episode of Cortex is brought to you by Squarespace, the all-in-one platform to build your online presence and run your business. From websites and online stores to marketing tools and analytics, Squarespace has the whole package. They have got you covered. They're going to give you everything you need to create a beautiful modern website. You start with one of their professionally designed templates. You can use their drag-and-drop tools to customize it and make it feel like your own. In just a few clicks, you'll be able to get all of your settings, the products that you have on sale, and more, or just really taken care of just a couple of clicks and you'll be ready to go all squarespace websites are even optimized for mobile so they're going to look fantastic on every type of device Squarespace combines cutting-edge design and world-class engineering to make it easier than ever to establish your home online and make your ideas a reality. And they really are a full package. There's nothing to install or upgrade, and you get unlimited hosting, top-of-the-line security, dependable resources, award-winning 24-7 customer support. You get SEO tools, email marketing tools, and domain name registration all built into Squarespace. So you can use it to promote your business, announce an event, publish a blog post, publish your artwork, or just turn that idea that you have into a new website. I've mentioned my podcast mentorship program. I use Squarespace to create the website for that because I had an idea and I wanted to get it out to the world and they had everything that I needed. I could have a form there so people could apply and I'm able to really take advantage of the tools just to very quickly and easily get the thing out there that I want to. That is what I love about Squarespace. Go to squarespace.com cortex and you can sign up for a free trial with no credit card required. And when you're ready to launch, use the offer code cortex to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. 
That's squarespace.com slash Cortex. And when you sign up, use the offer code Cortex to get 10% off your first purchase and to show your support for the show. Our thanks to Squarespace for their support of Cortex and Relay FM. Lightning round time. Oh, lightning round. Okay, let's go. Do you want to start? Uh, yeah, I will start because I, I was just going to mention one little thing, which is to do with research, but I can mention it here instead. I can mention Reader as part of my lightning round. Oh, okay. Again, completely because of your suggestion of moving to RSS and looking for a good RSS reader. Cool. I wasn't going to say because basically I had the same thing as last year for me with with research, which is just mm-hmm. I use the reader app and RSS like so to to get like all of the stories that I need for my shows. I didn't really feel like I had new to add. So, but I'm pleased that you're you're on it too. It's a great app. Yeah, it, it's a really great app. The the thing that's also interesting to me is I asked you last year, like, oh, what did you think of its read later features? And it's not something that you use. But Reader has now displaced what was the oldest app still in use on my phone, which was Instapaper. Evernote has left because of Obsidian. And Instapaper was now the oldest continually used app on my phone, but Reader has dethroned it. Like I've stopped using Instapaper and I'm using Reader's Read Later stuff instead. There are still some things I liked better about Instapaper, but Reader's winning out on the convenience front for I can put RSS feeds and Read Later stuff in one spot. So I'm not quite sure anymore what the oldest continually used app on my phone is, but it is no longer Instapaper. And I just wanted to say I really appreciated your recommendation for it. Uh, it so just got good. under my skin thinking about RSS. And I have been very intentionally trying to filter the entirety of my internet experience through RSS. And it has definitely made my interneting over the last year way better. Like, I just, I really appreciate being able to do this. And I I think I am coming to the conclusion of if I cannot get it through RSS, I'm just, it doesn't exist in my world. So I agree with you. Two big thumbs up for reader and also two big thumbs up for RSS as well. Like, it's a real shame when I come across like an interesting blog, but they don't have an RSS feed. And I'm like, well... I'm sorry, like you're just not going to get added onto my list. My first pick is an app called Parcel. I have been for a very long time a big fan of the app Deliveries. It's a parcel tracker. It's mm-hmm. available on, on all platforms. There was something, though, that Deliveries was, was like a frustration for me. A lot of the services that I would get Deliveries for didn't have any information and I'd have to go and log in to the website or open the web page and track it. So like say by Royal Mail, our postal service, it would would not show me any status updates. It would just be like you have to log in or you have to click you have to go to the web to see information about this item. Mm-hmm. There's a new app called Parcel that has vastly better tracking for many of the services that I use. So for example, hmm. Royal Mail deliveries it has them. It has all of the tracking information loaded into the application itself. It gives me push notifications when I want them for certain things. It is not as visually pleasing as Deliveries mm-hmm. is, but it has, I think, better tracking for basically all of the services that I use. Plus, it mm. has an, an Amazon integration where you, in the app, you sign in with your Amazon account, and it automatically adds all of your Amazon items to the application. Ooh, that's killer. It's really good. And if you're using a service and it changes, like let's imagine you're using USPS and then it becomes a Royal Mail delivery, it recognizes mm-hmm. that in the app and asks if you want to change to the new tracking. Mm. Nice. So good. It's, it's a very, very good app. I've been very, very happy with it. 
Okay, I have a half recommendation, but I, mm-hmm. I do like it. It is a bike app. It's called Bike Citizens. I think it is by far and away the best route finder if you're going to be on a bike and go somewhere else. Oh, I've heard of this. Yeah, it has a lot of nice features. Um, primarily, I don't know how they do it. It seems like magic, but they do a fantastic job of offering you two or three different options for the route based on do you want to get there the fastest? Do you want to get there the easiest or are you willing to have like a medium one where you might um, make some compromises of like, this is not always the easiest, but it will save you a bunch of time over the easy route. I would assume easiest tends to mean safest as well for for bike driving. Yeah. Yeah. Easiest tends to mean safest. Um, I think they're also taking into account elevation changes, but yeah, Mm, it's it's largely like what is the safest route. And I've ridden around London a lot. Like I've gotten to know quite well a bunch of different routes in the center of the city. I'm just amazed at how good of a job whatever algorithm they're using does at picking those three variations on the routes. Like it's, I don't know. It's like shockingly good. It sometimes it almost seems like human level intelligence. They have some crazy database of the city that includes just tons of little details of, oh, this, you know, this street doesn't technically have a connection, but you can just walk over this tiny bit of pavement and you can do that because you're on a bike. Like, I don't know how they get some of the data in there that they do. The route algorithm is fantastic. The only reason it's a tepid recommendation is like many apps, they did a redesign, and I hate the re- I hate the redesign. They added a bunch of social crap, and I'm continually frustrated that they don't, on the map, like, put your location at the bottom so that I can see where the route goes for 100% of the phone rather than 50% of the phone, because, like, I don't care what's behind me. I only care what's in front of me. So I do find it frustrating sometimes for that, but... God damn, like if you are in a city that Bike Citizens has mapped, it is fantastic, especially if you are just getting started out on cycling and you want some easy routes, they can find the best ones. So this is actually an app that I like. I secretly hope that Apple acquires them because I, I think like this, this needs to get added to Apple Maps for way better bike route planning. If you ever take screenshots on your Mac... You should get CleanShot X. Why? So, it has way more customization and tools, like of the way that screenshots are dealt with. I love the drag and drop that you can do. It has some hover states, so you can just hover over the image and a couple of buttons pop up. One is copy, one is delete, and one is edit. So you can put some annotation stuff. There's tons of annotation tools. It does all of the stuff like you can do video and make GIFs or you can do images or you can do scrolling images if you need to catch a web page. It's fantastic. Mm. It's such a good application. I really recommend it. It has timers, you know, so you can like set like a timer, like uh, give me three seconds to get this thing set up, that kind of stuff. So many preferences for the way that you deal with things, which I really, really love. You can do stuff like if you're capturing your desktop, you can have it hide the documents on the desktop. Mm-hmm. Like it's so smart. It does some like really smart stuff uh, and has tons of really great options. You can set keyboard shortcuts for every type of screen capture that it does. You can choose where on the screen you want the little preview to be. You know, like how Apple does the preview, it does their own version of that. 
You can mm. choose where on the screen you want it to be, how big it is, if it will auto-close or not. So like Apple's, it will stay for a little while and disappear. Mm. With CleanShot, you just turn that off. And you can capture multiple things and they stack. It's fantastic. Trust me on this. If you take screenshots on the Mac, you should be using this app. Okay, I'll give I'll give it a try. I feel like the Apple screenshot thing is great on its own, so that's why I, f- I feel dubious. Like, how could it be better? But uh, it's better. We'll give that one a try. Okay, I'm gonna say if you ever have to pick colors that go together well, I'm going to recommend an app called Coolers. C O O L O R S. I'm just <laughs> cooler meant- <laughs> colors, right? Yeah, cooler colors. I feel like this is a this is a narrow use case, but it is one of these areas where I am just this is a weakness for me. I am not good at picking several colors that look good together, and I have tried a million like color palette tools, and I have never loved any of them. Um, but Coolers is fantastic. The thing that I really like about it is you can start with a color that you like and kind of lock it in and the app will continue to show you a bunch of random other colors that it thinks will go well with the color that you've picked and as soon as you find another one that you like you can lock that color in and then it will show you a bunch of random colors that match those two okay that's cool it makes it so nice like if you have to pick five colors that go well together this tool is just the best. And if you don't know where to start, you can just start with it showing you random colors and until you find a color that you like. And again, just like lock it in and build up a bunch of other colors that match with it. Trust me, I've tried a million of these things and this is the this is the best one by far. I've immediately sent this to Adina because she's always struggling with trying to find complementary colors for her comics. Yeah, it's it's surprisingly hard. Yeah. Like some people are just great at this, but I'm really bad at it. And so, yeah, for anyone in the art world, if you're if you want to match colors, so you find a color from somewhere, and then it's like, hey, here's some that work with this. Yes, that's yeah. really. But cool. like in particular, like it's the progressive locking in that makes it different, and also I think allows you to find unexpected color combos that match. So yeah, I just I I really like it. It's just so much better than pre-selecting from a bunch of popular color palettes which is what most of these apps do Mm -hmm. or just like you pick one color and then it just gives you oh here's the three that match best on the color wheel it's like but that's almost never what i actually want like yeah i can pick colors that are all 60 degrees apart on the color wheel too but like that's not really what i'm looking for when i'm trying to find some colors that go together so i really like it Bartender. <laughs> Good old bartender. App for the Mac that helps you manage the menu bar items that sit on the top right-hand side of the screen, lets you hide yeah. them, show them, lets you create another menu for them. This is especially helpful if you have one of the new MacBook Pros that has a notch on it because now uh, it has good support for that, so you can make sure that all of your menu bar items are exactly where you want them to be, and you can have more of them enabled if you want, but hide the ones that you don't uh, want to see all the time. It's a great app. Yeah, this is like required installation on a new computer for mm-hmm. me is Bartender. Like, boy, boy, does that very quickly become necessary to install. Um, speaking of computers with notches, I'm going to recommend an app called 
Top Notch. Made by the people who make clean shots. Oh, is it? Okay, I yep. didn't know that. <laughs> it is a free app, Top Notch, and it is marketing, really, for clean shots. Oh, I, I did not realize that. But yes, Top Notch is great. I do love the new laptops that have been gifted to us from heaven. I don't mind the notch, but I just like it to look cleaner where Top Notch will just turn the top, whatever it is, you know, three quarters of a centimeter black on your wallpaper Mm -hmm. so that it just gives it a cleaner look it just puts the menu bar as a pure black thing along the top and the notch completely disappears into that so i think it is fantastic i really like the way that it looks i haven't tried that one yet but i think it will just like i have no issue with the notch at all i think it looks pretty cool but i can imagine that that would also look cool like just like an all black menu bar probably looks pretty sweet yeah i like i like it quite a lot i don't think the notch is annoying i just like it better looking black i feel like it's very slick across the top like that Rocket is another Mac app. So Discord and Slack have a really great way of finding emoji. You just type colon and then start typing some words and it gives you emoji suggestions. Rocket mm-hmm. does this for everywhere you input text on a Mac. Hmm. Okay. It's fast emoji search universally. That's what it is. Yeah. I think it also does GIF too, but I only use it for that. But it basically mm. just allows you to use the same shortcuts that you like, you know, text shortcuts if that makes sense for in slack to bring up emoji that you like you can just do this anywhere that you type text or all so i use this in messages i use it you know like on twitter and stuff like that it's it's really really great it's just very simple it's a nice little application Um, and you can also do gifs and stuff like that if you want to nice i'm going to recommend a little plugin for safari called pipifier pipifier all this does is it allows you to do picture in picture for anything that's playing a video so while picture in picture works by default on lots of places like youtube it doesn't work with places like netflix all the time or amazon prime and so pipifier is nice to force some videos to be the picture in picture thing that floats in the corner of your mac and so i use that a lot on my computer when i'm doing some light work and i also want to be watching a video from some place that doesn't play well with picture in picture my final one is also a safari extension because oh. Safari extensions also are available on iOS and iPadOS now too. And I use yes. this one extension on all of my devices. It's called Super Agent. All it does is automatically fill out website cookie forms for you. <laughs> so okay. you never have to see them. You set the default preferences you want for cookie types and you never see them again because Super Agent just fills them out nice it's so good just get rid of those things i never want to see them again and super agent make sure that i don't okay i'm I'm going to finish off with just a weird recommendation i'm going to recommend numbers which is apple's app that makes (laughs) spreadsheets Uh now never like here's the reason i'm going to make this pitch numbers is a spreadsheet app it is hands down the app that makes the most beautiful spreadsheets. They just look really nice. If you're an individual who needs to work with spreadsheets, I really suggest that you should use numbers. But I know that for years, there has been one thing that has held people back from using numbers. And they say, yeah, but does it have pivot tables? And the answer has always been, no, numbers does not have pivot tables. And they go, well, I can't use it. But Apple has just introduced pivot tables to numbers. I have no idea what pivot tables are. I just know that this is like a critical feature to lots of people who use spreadsheets. So if that's you, you can now consider numbers. And I have used all of the spreadsheet apps very intensely. 
I think numbers really is great. And if pivot tables were holding you back, I just want to have the announcement that they are in numbers now. So I'm going to recommend numbers as a spreadsheet app. All right. You said that we needed to follow up on a flighty stats prediction. So yeah, we do. In 2019, we played the game we'd never played before. How, how many miles had we flown in that year? And then we made right. a jokey reference to it in 2020 because 2020, right? Right. And we made a bet as to whether we would have in 2021 higher or lower air miles flown than in 2020. Right. Now, I have a slight problem with this. Okay. What's your problem? I'm hoping to take a trip before the end of the year. <laughs> so I don't have all my miles yet right. for 2021. Right. But you're not 100% sure if you're going to take a trip. Well, who can be? Right. No one. So I don't, I mean, I can do it now, but like, I, th- I would like to push this on a bit and do it later. You would like to push this on and do it later? The year's okay. not done. 2021 is not done. 2021 is not done. That is that is true. I think this is funny because I am in almost the exact same situation. So my 2020 number was 11,000 miles. Mm-hmm. My 2021 number is 9,400 miles. And 2021, like, I think it is... Well, I don't want to bet. So like... If we're trying to collect the bet right now, I have been 100% wrong because I bet it's going to be higher in 2021 than 2020. We both bet higher. We both bet higher. This was my don't bet against the base rate and kind of like a return to the average, which would have been true if like the summer travel had actually started when summer travel was supposed to. I would without doubt be above that number now, but it didn't. And that's how bets work. It's like, no, I was wrong. But it is possible that I may just before the end of the year take another trip, which will just edge it out over. So I propose, considering we are in 100% control of this bet, that right. we just push the bet on maybe to next time and we have right. evaluate it then. I have a conference that I might be going to in America, which is at the very beginning of January. And so it's just a question of when do I leave in December if I'm going to do this mm. or do I leave in January, which also now has the confounding factor of how much do I care about winning the bet because then I can go earlier. You're just winning bets against ourselves. But I'm just saying, I, I am very confident mm. at this point that my air miles will be higher. I don't know if it's going to be higher right. than 2020 because I haven't calculated that yet. But right. I haven't taken all of the trips that I'm planning to take. So I'm hopefully right. going on vacation, which might play into our next episode anyway, which is, so now the, now the, the, the barrier is really coming down. Next time on Cortex yearly themes for 2022 so get your themes ready catch up on old theme episodes you could also go to themesystem.com if you want a bit of a refresher as to what a theme is because we have all of that on the website because we're going to be talking about them we're both working on them so it's nearly that time yearly themes for 2022 next time